Three, two, one. You cheated not only the game, but yourself. You didn't grow. You didn't improve. You took a shortcut and gained nothing. You experienced a hollow victory. Nothing was risked and nothing was gained. It's sad that you don't know the difference. We're Sardinacast. Damn. I'm Adam wow. from Your Movie Sucks. <laughs> Did we do the opening last time? Like uh, the three of us introduce ourselves? Uh, we kind of got distracted. We, we keep forgetting to do it. <laughs> uh, <we laughs> you did. know who I, I we, we are. I'm Dick yeah, from Dick the Movie Maker. What the? Oh, do I have to do a dick one as well? I'm Dick <laughs> from I Dick Everything. <laughs> <laughs> I Dick Everything. Oh, God. <laughs> have you ever heard uh, there's a there's a parody song on YouTube called uh, The Fresh Prince of Dick Butt? Where it's like the, it's the <laughs> no? it's the best thing no. in the world, and it's like the the it's the Fresh Prince of Bel Air theme, and this guy doing a mm. really really funny impression of Will Smith's voice as he's singing the song, <laughs> and he replaces pretty much, I don't know, every fifth word with dicks in your butt, <laughs> like, and so he's the Fresh Prince of Dick Butt, and you're moving with your auntie and uncle <laughs> to get it. dicks in your butt. <laughs> so i hailed a cab and yelled yo dick in my butt and like a couple of guys who were up to no good started putting dicks in my butt yeah. uh, it was, it's everybody should look this up it's really funny uh yeah it sounds funny after the podcast yeah <laughs> speaking of podcasts uh jason johnson the actor of cool cat recently went on a podcast called super media bros podcast and this is his whole two hour long revealing everything about <laughs> everything that happened between him and Derek and uh, I started playing it as soon as I woke up and so I didn't have time to finish it today I was listening to it like on a bluetooth speaker in the shower I didn't get, make it through the whole thing because we had to start recording this but uh, some some uh, notable moments would be supposedly that <laughs> allegedly Derek wouldn't pay him until he helped wash off the convertible. So like made him wash the car. Made him wash his car. Yeah. And what's funny is the cool cat convertible was a rental. So he like put all these stickers and shit (laughs) on like a rental convertible. And then they had to wash it off every day so that they could return it to the car rental place. (sighs) (sighs) To be a fly on the wall. Man, It'd be glorious. It's so fascinating. I'm just like I would I'm, like to listen to this. I'm so ecstatic about everything. <laughs> you know. So did this interview come out today? I think so. For yeah. us. Well, I, it was posted on my oh, subreddit wow. today. So who knows? It might have been oh, okay. last night. But I was. I've been busy. Right. The uh, supposedly the very uncomfortable cat suit he was in had a mechanism in the right hand where if he squeezed it, the mouth would open slightly. Which is just <laughs> bonkers to me, because really, like, well, they didn't show that off in the movie. Yeah, exactly. So they? they would strategically, <laughs> you know, do a close up or whatever, whatever. Cool cat had to open his mouth so that you weren't looking at him just <laughs> squeezing his his hand. <laughs> yeah, but that's bonkers to me because, like, if you look up any any like video on YouTube of you know how to make your own fursuit head or something yeah. like that, that's people just thinking. use their jaws. You just you just have a it's it's really simple. You just you you just attach it to your jaw. Why would you use a mechanism in your hand? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and that seems really awkward. He said it gave him blisters all the time. <laughs> Apparently, this is this was the one that I that I the last uh, notable moment that I got to right before I had to start setting up for this. 
uh, Derek's main direction was always telling Jason to shake his butt more. And he would say, kids keep messaging what? me and telling me that they want to see Cool Cat shake his butt more. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard that and I screamed. Yeah, so, I'm sure that, that really happened. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. dear. I have no idea. But <laughs> anyway. Kids watch Cool Cat even. I know. There are no kids that watch Cool Cat. So it's immediately no. concerning. Everyone who Surely watches Cool trolls. Cat is like tw in their 20s and watching yeah. it ironically. Or hope, I hope so, anyway. <laughs> I hope kids aren't watching it. <laughs> yeah, if you want to find the, the podcast, just go to the link in my subreddit. It has 65 views. Yeah, I'll put it in the description. I'm putting too. it in my favorites on my thing. So good. Um, oh, nice. So I'll have to watch. I made it 35 yeah. minutes out of two hours and 15. So those are the, the, those were the main wow. takeaways from that. Yeah, we'll go in more depth like next yeah. time. The, re the rest we'll of it is stuff it. that I already knew. <laughs> but speaking of disasters, <laughs> apparently, uh, apparently Disney's canceling a bunch of movies because dark phoenix bombed so hard and i mentioned well, they're canceling fox movies yeah projects yeah. that they're gonna make in the future yeah 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 what did fox even have planned i thought well. dark phoenix was their last <laughs> thing oh yeah it, it, i don't know i don't know where rattle. that x-man movie stands do you know the new mutants do you know what's gonna happen with I, that? last i heard it was delayed till either the end of this year or early next year but I they haven't pulled now, the though. plug on that yet they're, they're well, presumably, they've spent so much on it, they might as well release it at this point. They clearly shot the film. I, I don't know if, what else yeah. they've got to do on it, but might as well cut their losses and just shit it out at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, these were just on the slate, though. One mm. of them is a Die Hard movie called <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Dodge the bullet there, then, Christ. Yeah, and I don't think Bruce Willis would even be up for that now. I think he showed up, to, showed up drunk to set on something. Like a recent movie? I don't know what. Really? Yeah. And he got kicked off. I that's mean, his funny. last film I saw anyway was Reprisal. I wonder what's yeah. going on with him in his head. He, he just doesn't give he a doesn't, fuck. Yeah, do yeah, do you think he's deeply he unhappy or something? Yeah. I think, I think he's, he's just senile. depressed. <laughs> I don't Dude, know I can, what's going how, on. How old is he? I think he's he depressed. That There's an age you get where you stop giving a shit about everything. Where you don't care what you wear when you leave the house. You don't care how you act. You're going to butt in line. You're going to do whatever the fuck you want because fuck you, I'm old. I'm gonna die soon, you know. That's There's Bruce some Willis actors now. that are. He's like, that, I don't give though. a shit anymore. I, I feel like Schwarzenegger or Stallone, they still care. Or I'm not saying they, everybody. He's only 64. <laughs> like, That's not like, that old. Yeah, not everybody. But like Bruce Willis is a special case. He does not give a shit. Even in those Expendables movies or movies with his friends, he just shows up for a scene and mumbles, like he's terrible. I would feel pretty old once <laughs> I'm 64. I don't know. Yeah. They they were still gonna make McLean though, even with all that. Yeah. So, like, I, I opened up a bunch of uh, different uh, articles on this. The, there's only one <laughs> that's that's contradicting this, and it, like, doesn't have any sources. And I don't know what that... What the hell is this website? What the hell is this? What? You might want to leave it. You're going to get a virus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this is like a... It's literally just... The, 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 the article is just saying, like... Yeah, we incorrectly reported that hundreds of Fox projects were canceled by Disney's. This has since been proven false, but it's like, where was proven false by what? Maybe Disney owns the website. <laughs> okay, yeah, the, there's comments underneath saying it's fake news and clickbait. Okay, good. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> I was like, but it's so it is real. What yeah, we're talking okay, about. There's, yeah, yeah, there's only literally one website. I'm just gonna. I'm not even gonna say the name of the web. I'm gonna edit out the name of the website. 
Okay. When I because I've been on sites like right. that before. They're just like gossip sites where everything they post is bullshit, and then under it they have those disclaimers like Satire. this has all actually been proven to be false. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like the headline is like Megan Fox uh, impregnated Ryan Gosling or something like something that makes no sense. <laughs> oh, like tabloids, like the the yeah, like grocery store. And then you click on it, it's like, oh, it's all bullshit. Impulse items, <laughs> yeah, those things. Yeah, yeah. I don't think aliens. anyone buys those anymore. Yeah, I don't know whoever bought found. them. What's the point? Hey, when it's all, I I don't know. Mm. Why do they even sell them here? I can understand why they'd sell mm. them in America. Burn. Ouch. Snap. Mm. Okay. Got them. But why do you think they uh, cancelled a Die Hard movie if it was the X-Men movie that flopped? Is it just based on the higher-ups and their decision-making and Disney just looking at them and being like, nah, let's, let's restructure this? <laughs> do you think it's else. an excuse Cause they're to up just their own get asses. rid of all these things anyway? I think they were just going to get rid of all this shit anyway because they didn't want it. Like, who wants to see... <laughs> Another movie on here is a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen movie. Oh, no. Well, uh, yeah, like, who wants to see the that? The last time they had one of those, it went well. Yeah. Uh-huh. Chronicle 2. <laughs> Damn. Like, written by Max Landis. Like, who the fuck? <laughs> Ooh, <okay. laughs> like, who likes him anymore? Wasn't he accused <laughs> of sexual assault or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is a recent article, too. June 18th. June, yeah. Uh, accused by multiple women of sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. So, no one gives a fuck about that. Big oof. Chronicle movie. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't need to happen either. No. <laughs> no screaming for sequel. What were the three big names of Chronicle? It was Dane DeHaan, Max Landis, <laughs> and fucking, uh, who's the Josh director? Trank. Josh Trank. <laughs> Another nightmare human being. <laughs> <laughs> so, who gives a fuck about this movie? Hmm. Yeah, the, uh, there's a big, uh, comprehensive post on Reddit, it looks like, of just, like, all the projects that they scrapped. Mm-hmm. The ones that they're not canceling, Terminator Dark Fate... Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that's done. Ad Astra. <laughs> no, yeah, just a bunch of things that are like ready to release. Yeah. Ford v Ferrari. Like, why would they cancel them? It's like, well, you we already have the movie. Obviously, the Avatar yeah. movies. <laughs> Apparently, like Planet of mm-hmm. the Apes movies are still being made. That's what I heard on one of them. I more of them. Oh. I don't know. Okay. Maybe they're making more like spinoffs. Maybe. Yeah. Not with Caesar, but like it just set never the same... ends, does it? It just can't no. end. Nothing can it's... end. Because you need to make money. This is an industry. <laughs> They're rebooting the Zorro movies? Of course. Oh, yeah. Bob's Burger movie is still <laughs> happening. It's just like, I don't know. that Half of this is just learning about all these projects in production that are just so ridiculous of just reboot, reboot, sequel, reboot. Yeah. You know, and it, it, like <laughs> Disney's rebooting Home Alone now. Like, okay. It's, really? It's not like it matters, I guess. Like, what's going to happen is everybody's going to complain about it online. People are going to be like, oh, wow, my childhood. And then they'll release a trailer, and people will be like, you know what? This actually looks pretty good. And and the new Kevin will be using Amazon Alexa to, to like, kill the bad guys or whatever. He'll be like, I'm going to set up <laughs> yeah. traps in my home. And they'll be like, wow, this is so cool and relevant. I'm glad they updated it for our <sighs> times. Everybody's opinion will shift. As soon as the trailer comes out, they'll be like, oh, you know what? I was hating the idea of this before, but now it looks pretty good. What's and gonna it'll happen? Be success. <laughs> yeah, it'll yeah. make lots of money. Yeah, because it's a Home Alone movie. Yeah, he's gonna use Alexa. Even if everyone guaranteed. hated that trailer that hypothetically comes out, it would still make millions of dollars because no one cares. Yeah, like <laughs> they, Al- know, they know what Home Alone is. So they'll Aladdin was a laughing stock, and it's made over a billion bucks. So yeah, and so no will Sonic, cares, yeah. and so will any of these things that we complain about. It'll be really interesting seeing how Disney influences these Fox properties because we've seen it already with mm. Disney properties like it's a, it's already yeah. just so obnoxious and annoying like oh my god 
new Aladdin, new Lion King, whatever. It'll be really interesting to see what kind of approach that they take with a Fox title. Like they're yeah. not gonna, they gonna after be Dark Phoenix. I don't now. think they're gonna allow much creative control to those who were making the decisions at Fox. Like they they bought the the company, right? So theoretically, there is still a bunch of people yeah. from Fox working for those projects. I think Bob Iger or whoever at Disney is just gonna step in and be like, ah 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 ah. You're not allowed to have creative freedom here. Remember, Dark Phoenix. That's my excuse here. Ha ha. <laughs> so, sad day. <laughs> sad, sad decade for movies. Yeah. Uh, everything's just so sad. I was actually, uh, my friend uh, was visiting from out of town. We had this conversation about like sequels and and remakes. And so I, I literally just went on uh, boxofficemojo.com. And I looked at the top 10 grossing films of every year. And you you literally have to go to like 99 <laughs> to, to see an to, original movie. Yeah, it's not just like to, to get a majority original films in the top 10. Because that was a uh, thing. Okay. Right now it's unheard of. Like a majority of the films in the top 10 box office are not a sequel or a remake. Yeah, I would or say like every a Pixar film movie. on that list, like after the year 2000, is an animated movie or a sequel yeah. or a reboot or remake yeah. or something based on something. The only original movies are animated, exactly. I believe. Because you can make like a with Pixar the of maybe a kids two. movie and yeah. it doesn't have to be like a reboot Frozen, or a remake because yeah. they're kids. They don't have nostalgia. Why would you, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's the brand of the company too. It's Pixar selling it and it's Disney selling yeah. it. Yeah. New Pixar. The brand of the you can film get them itself. to watch whatever. Yeah. It's so easy to market mm-hmm. to children. Just tell them that they need it. If you don't have this doink it, you're a baby. You don't want to be a baby, do you? How long till it runs out, though? That's my question. Surely we're going to be clawing so much of these old properties that people are just going to be like, I don't know what this random thing is you've just ripped up from the 60s. I don't care about this no more. Like They're doing it so quickly. They're making so many of these reboots and sequels. What properties are even going to be left in 10, 20 years? Well, they'll just do it again. They'll just reboot all of them again, which is kind of what they're already doing. They re- they remade Halloween uh, ten years ago. We're gonna be stuck in a time yeah. loop of the the eighty seventies through nineties because all of our remakes will be remade and there will be no new properties to be remade. So like we we yeah. won't have to. What are people gonna have nostalgia for from this decade? Just reboots and remakes of shit from the eighties. So it's like we'll never progress yeah. forward in time. We've like we've cut ourselves off. We're stuck in a time loop, mm-hmm. guys. Not that nostalgia is a bad thing either. <laughs> I think celebrate. I mean, one of my favorite movies this year was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and that's set in the '60s, and it's about mm. just like glamorizing the '60s. But you can still fucking do something new. Jesus Christ. Anyway, well, speaking of uh, movies that I was gonna say, I don't know. But we all saw Midsummer. Say it. I was well. I was gonna. <laughs> that's an original movie. Yeah, say but it, it's, it's also summer. pretty inspired. It's pretty inspired. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is an original movie for sure. Don't get me wrong, but it's also mm-hmm. very, very similar to some other movies. Wicker Man. Yeah. Spoiler mm-hmm. warning for Midsummer. We're gonna spoil Midsummer because mm-hmm. we've all seen it. Alex, you haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yet, have you? Is that not out yet? It's still not out here. That's so funny. It ain't out here. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. There are some people complaining that we didn't get into. Yeah, I saw. There's nothing I can do. I'm afraid. Yeah, we'll we'll revisit yeah. it once you've seen it. Just let us know. It's better because it gives us more time to think about it. Yeah. Hmm. Let it sit with us. Yeah. So it would be a better conversation. Excuse so. me. Anyway, mm. Ralph. Well, we all saw this, though. Why don't Midsummer. you introduce yeah. Midsummer? Because it's your, like, what, favorite movie of the year? 
Yeah, favorite movie of the year. Mm. Uh, I loved it. It's one of the best horror movies I've seen in a while. It's directed by Ari Aster, who made Hereditary, which was also great. Mm-hmm. And it's about, uh, I forgot the girl's name, but it's played by Florence Pug and some guy who Pug. was in Transformers 4. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought yeah, it, I thought it was like Pew. I, I think it's Pew, right? Yeah, yeah I, I always call her Florence Pug. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. I like Laura, I like Florence Pug better, yeah. but I'll say you Pew. Would. Um, but anyway, her whole family dies. Her bipolar sister kills herself and her parents. That's my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. It was a very fucked up scene. You know me. So to make up for it. <laughs> her boyfriend takes her to a nice vacation in Sweden along with his friends who don't want her there. And it's just a bunch of fucked up shit from there. Yeah. So uh, what do we think <laughs> of Midsommar? It's excellent as a thinker as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it hit hard for me because recently um, I actually had a friend who was like, <laughs> we lost into a cult effectively. And this was like, wow, this is really deconstructing that thought process that these cults go into to like really dismantle someone's psyche and rebuild them up as yeah. part of their their cult. It's frightening, and it is a great subject of horror. To, mm-hmm. to, that was know, one of the most about. fascinating aspects to me. And it was handled very realistically, I think, mm. how people are manipulated. And when you're in such a state of grief and despair, how these people can take you in. And even though they're kind of fucked up, they give you that sense of purpose and family that you needed almost more so than she had back in america and that was it was beautiful and horrific at the same time and that's how i kind of how i felt about the whole film uh, we're in spoilers by the way yeah i said spoilers i said spoilers a while yeah. ago okay, okay don't okay, worry so i got I, you i, was, I, I got you covered yeah. i knew you'd yeah, spoil cool, it anyway, cool. really. <laughs> yeah of course yeah but for me, it was so impressive that they managed to take a, a traditional setting that would not be used in horror, like a, a sunny, these well-lit areas. Like, horror movies don't do that. They rely on darkness for scares the majority of the mm-hmm. time. So I think it was really impressive how that environment was used in a really creative and fresh way to put a spin on, you know, like a horror genre. Like, there have been cult movies before, but it's really going against the, the normal grain of that type of movie. Yeah, and I love much that like hereditary, it. like there's just this oppressive, like creepy tone to everything that everything just feels a bit off, like in a in a good way. And there's loads of little secrets in the background that can so you can kind of figure out what's happening before it's going to, if you know what kind of film it is. Because I like didn't watch any trailers for this movie, and I just went in knowing like hereditary was sort of structured this type of way, and I was pleased that it was kind of similar in, in respect to like the visual storytelling where i could kind of figure out where it was going and not in a frustrating way but in a kind of satisfying mm-hmm. way that i feel like it's earned yeah. it was similar but also an improvement from hereditary that's how i felt about an it, improvement mm-hmm. like the yeah I, everything well, or like what do you, you mean? were saying yeah i think in every way basically okay. but what you were saying about how it's similar to wicker man and inspired by other cult movies i totally agree with you but what 100%. makes this so unique is the execution of it, like Alex was saying. Yeah. I got some mm. shit on Letterboxd for saying this was so original and unique. But it was <laughs> the presentation of it. It was the fact that it's not dark at all for most of the film, and it's all sunny and everyone's very happy. It's very manipulative in that mm. way. The music is like a waltz, almost. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not scary at all, until maybe some, like, crescendoing violins and creepy stuff at the more disturbing parts. But most of it's pretty normal. 
I, I love the designs of the the buildings and all that. Mm. They, they looked so odd. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, cl- kind of colorful at the same time. And same way with like the drawings. It's all, it was all so disconcerting mm-hmm. because you got the sense that they're trying to cover up the fact that it's horrific, which makes it even more horrific. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it eases you in yeah. like it eases in the characters who are joining the cult. Yeah. Like it starts off all kind of inviting and nice and you're with them. Like, how's this going to go wrong? Because you know, obviously something's going to go wrong and it's a horror movie, but you're just waiting and you start to see the seeds being planted with like these weird lines of dialogue that clearly imply something else to like the surface level interaction that the characters are hearing, <laughs> which is quite fun. Yeah. And it never got fucked up to the point of being comical. It was always very um, grounded. Like, there's a scene when two people jump off a cliff. And, like, I could picture that being so goofy in in a film with, like, comical sound effects, crunching right, yeah. bones and whatever. But the way it was executed and cut, it was so well done. And the way they just dragged out the silences was very effective. But, Adam, I want, I want to hear you about... Yeah, <laughs> well, about I want to... You were... There's plenty about the movie that's comical. I mean, oh yeah, there's plenty that intentionally you're just, comical. Okay, you're you're just saying that specific scene. Yeah, okay. I guess that specific scene. There's there's scenes that are trying to be disturbing <laughs> that could come off as comical. Yeah, man, it, like man, that. the the sex scene <laughs> is very comical. Like it, it would be difficult yeah. to imagine that that wasn't supposed to be comical. And I think that some people watch this film thinking that it's not supposed to be because they're you know they came out of hereditary and they, they're expecting this like horror movie and i think a lot of people get to that point and st- you know the audience is laughing and they're like wow this is dumb and they hate it for that i think i think a lot of people have that experience because this is a pretty polarizing movie there are a lot of people that really did not enjoy mm-hmm. this movie oh really i don't think i loved it as much as either of you i still love a lot about it though there's many things to appreciate okay. um the reason probably why the opening scene is my favorite like i i love a good punch to the gut i love like an an emotional impact i thought that that was like really brutal i loved it and after that point it kind of like there there is a tone shift hereditary is a movie that after watching midsummer i assumed was like probably an hour shorter it turns out it was only like 15 minutes shorter they're very very differently paced um hereditary is a very long movie but it feels very fast-paced a lot of people say like what are you i said that once people are like what are you talking about hereditary is super slow like it doesn't feel that way to me at all every single thing about it feels justified every single you know like it 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 doesn't stop it's always progressively moving forward there's new things to discover etc etc whereas Mm. midsummer is something that like it takes its time and the majority of what i get out of it is essentially the build-up and the character interactions so what yeah. I love about the movie is like the dynamic between the main girl and her boyfriend, just how their characters are explored, how it feels very honest and real, like it, it's coming from a real place. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't feel fake at all. It's, it's a really genuine movie in terms of how it writes and presents its characters, and I love that so much. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it is also building up in like kind of a horror movie fashion, I felt personally underwhelmed by the horror elements of this film outside of the opening scene. By the time that it got to the end, because the most of the movie is build up. Like I, I loved the build up so much, but by the time it got to what mm-hmm. it was showing, by what it was building up to, I was kind of like, that wasn't, you know, like I, 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 I didn't feel anything new from it. You're hoping something more shocking. 
it wasn't new. It was just like another, you know, Wicker Man kind of like thing. Like it was well shot. Don't get me wrong. Like the, that last scene was well shot, but it was just like, oh, you're doing, you're doing this thing I've seen before, and it wasn't like all that scary. It wasn't like I, I didn't find it emotionally impactful. However, on a second watch, I might find it more emotionally impactful now that I've read some interpretations about how it's not really about what it's showing. It's more about her breaking off relationships. Basically, each character is like uh, a representation of, of some sort of like toxic behavior from a relationship or a loved one. And that this is kind of like yeah. this metaphorical idea of learning to break free from that and to try and cut toxic people out of your life. And I really like that interpretation and I'll probably get more out of the movie the next time I see it just based on that alone. But still there is something I was really, really itching for in terms of like a horror movie experience that I hoped I would get out of it. And it, it was just, it, there was mostly buildup to, to nothing, nothing that I found super special or scary or gory or, wild or crazy just the opening scene was awesome mm -hmm. for me in that so, sense i don't think it's even trying to go for that i honest. know right it, i think the the horror comes from the, the the subdued realism of it because we've seen like these crazy cults like jonestown and all these these things that have happened in real life that are on the same scale so it's just kind of horrific yeah. to see it before our eyes like just unfold with without really holding back particularly yeah 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 crazy crazy cults everywhere like Zack snyder fan base and <laughs> we see it everywhere every but Ralph day. Um, yeah, you've seen it crazy. twice haven't you I've heard the film uh -huh. flows oh, a lot no, better the second oh, I haven't. Oh, haven't I've you? only seen it oh, once oh sorry I yeah. thought you've seen it twice yeah sorry but I've, I've heard no, that, that the film was, uh, flows um, better um, on a repeat viewing because I'm sure I just yeah. kind of know what it's up to oh, I'm and, sure once yeah. you know where it's going yeah yeah exactly yeah. I want to talk uh, about the characters a bit more oh were you going to say something Alex like, no I was just going to mention that I, I did find it a bit long um oh, yeah okay. and i was trying to figure out where it was going and yeah you did feel the length unlike i thought there was a better sort of build up and flow to uh hereditary yeah the, the, it crescendoed sort of a lot more exactly mm -hmm. yeah, yeah 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 but it's definitely a slow burn this one yeah exactly and and yeah. after that initial jolt the first 10 minutes it's, it takes its time and nothing very insane happens until much later like yeah, midpoint yeah. but the characters, like what you were saying, Adam, feel very believable, even though they could easily be like stock uh, horror cliche very characters. Honest. Yeah, it's not just believable, but like purposeful. Like yeah. it, it has these characters are these way because the director is trying to say something, and I love I love that. Mm -hmm. Like they, it, uh -huh. it's not just like realistic, as in like oh I can believe this guy could exist. It's like the 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 subtleties in how they interact with each other is like kind of like emotionally painful in ways to, to people yeah. who have experienced any kind of relationship like that it's like sad and just like these really simple yeah. lines of dialogue and interactions and like i guess even body language or the way that they look at each other is just something that that i really appreciate about it yeah i think their motivations made sense for staying there too for the most part there's that whole angle of he has to write his uh college thesis mm -hmm. and they're both competing to do that yeah. it was like all these little character dynamics that were very interesting to watch while this whole fucked up scenario is unfolding in the background mm -hmm. yeah because it helps mitigate that thing that so many horror movies fall into that trap of why are the characters sticking around like why mm -hmm. are they here when this is so like shocking and absurd yeah. Why are they sticking around? They should be running. They should be gone. 
And I did feel that a little bit towards the middle of the movie where I was like, I, they, after the, some of the things they've seen and how weird and off and creepy everything is, I, I buy a, a couple of the characters not really having much pushback because they're supposed to be sort of easing into the cult. But especially like the, the boyfriend to me seemed like I, I would have liked to have seen a bit more pushback from him because um, he's yeah. just sort of was like, okay, whatever. They should have <laughs> made him creepy, a little more clear, especially toward yeah. the end when he takes the, the sip of the mushroom like the the last sip that he ever takes. I guess it also I <laughs> he was like the only person I wasn't crazy about his performance. Um Yeah. Yeah, there was there was one particular part in the movie. It's been a while since I've seen it now, but I remember it was a line and I was like I really did not enjoy the delivery mm. of that and it, I was mm. not convinced. Interesting. Yeah, I I thought all the acting was pretty good. No, I think other, aside from that the actual character dynamic was very interesting and well written, uh-huh. but there was just some performance things that just stood out to okay. me. Is the guy from Transformers Four? So <laughs> maybe it was the Michael. That was like the Michael Bay coming out yeah. <laughs> in his performance. One of my favorite bits of performance that stuck out to me was actually from him when he when he's having a bad trip, because like at that moment, mm. like his body language, the way he's like someone will like hold up an object in front of his face and he like looks at it and his head like kind of you know cringes backwards. I I, I feel mm. like the performances of these characters under the influence of hallucinogenics was very very believable i also love that mm-hmm. they they put detail into you know showing their pupils being dilated and stuff like that these little details yeah, the, the effects they would do on the tree really cool. and yeah. the the skies and all that that was really cool and the leaves yeah oh yeah the the replications also like the visual it's replications like were yeah. really cool like that was very mm-hmm. believable there's a lot of cool effects yeah psilocybin yeah, there was all kind of subtle things Clearly and then, yeah, really obvious stuff like that. Yeah, the uh, the guy, the the douchey guy is the same guy as played Colin in Bandersnatch. Yeah, isn't that crazy? He was very good too. Mm. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know I really that was him that when I first saw it. Yeah, oh, really? very different character. Mm-hmm. I like that actor. He's a good character actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he was a dick in the movie, but I understood his character and yeah. I I found him kind of funny how he just wanted yeah. to have like a good trip with the guys <laughs> yeah i mean those people exist it's a character you need yeah mm-hmm. florence Pugh is a very believable crier as well mm-hmm. her mm. cries were very <laughs> believable and realistic yeah, yeah, but that's I just agree. what i mean like all of these things that could easily be laughable like fucking people crying at the top of their lungs it's so bad in most movies but here they yeah. play it and it's like holy fuck this is really disturbing yeah. and then the comedic stuff feels very intentional Mm-hmm. and disturbing also so you're like nervous laughing at it so no, even that yeah, shit yeah, is really disturbing I, yeah. I remember reading that the um, in both hereditary and midsummer there were like multiple actors who got like ptsd from how <laughs> intense some of their performances were because <laughs> they're just so yeah. they're so emotional they hold nothing yeah. back it, feel, it feels real and it yeah. really helps like the more absurd things feel more grounded because of characters like that Ari Aster mm-hmm. certainly knows how to work with his actors. That's for sure. Mm. So, like, the, yeah. even if you don't like Midsummer, even if you don't like, you know, Hereditary or whatever, it, it's like it's clear that this guy has some talent. It's clear that he's a director yeah. to be looking out for. The only real things you could possibly really criticize him for and for his films would be like whether or not you liked what his movies were going for. Right, what it, what their mm-hmm. goals were. Yeah, but in terms the of execution, the screenplay level. I mean, pretty pretty fantastic. Like he's great. Mm-hmm. 
even as a writer, he knows how to put his characters through just very challenging, horrific scenarios so that they become more interesting and fleshed out. Yeah. Which is something, again, most people fucking... There's a character in a house, and they, they're they walking around the house. <laughs> in a horror yeah. movie, anyway. Like that, yeah. uh, the Haunting of Sharon Tate movie, where, like, I really want to see fucking that doing nothing you for it. an hour. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible! <laughs> uh, yeah, one day. Hillary Duff. Yeah, right? I'm hoping Ariasta um, kind of experiments a bit more in the future, because you could see how this almost formula could get old after... Mm-hmm. I, I, I'd like a, and... a trilogy of these kind of movies, because they're all sort of tonally somewhat similar mm-hmm. with their like atmosphere and the way they're presented i just like to see you don't want the director just to just fall into a box and be like yeah we're kind of used to this now we don't mm-hmm. really care anymore hmm. oh he makes the fucked up movies it's like uh okay that, <laughs> yeah. that gets old after a while yeah exactly mm-hmm. he he said that he's going to try and take a break from horror at some point okay so that'd be interesting yeah there's an article from indiewire <laughs> oh fuck! I feel like I have to sneeze. I'm so sorry. This is terrible. Um, <laughs> Look uh, at the light. <laughs> there's my lights aren't even on in my room. Hello. I'm just sitting in the dark. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I forgot to turn them on, and I didn't want to like break, st- stop. Turn your lights on. We'll, we'll stop the podcast right now. Go turn your lights on. Hold on. You're in the dark. <laughs> it's not that dark. There's like light coming from like the windows. The I window. Guess, but... Okay. It's, it's daytime here, but um, looking like a yeah. hacker on your computer right now. Oh yeah, I got the whole yeah. like green text. You know, <laughs> I'm hacking in the mainframe. Yeah. Put a hoodie so on. I, I hacked hard enough that I found this article from IndieWire. I hacked into the article, and it's, it <laughs> says says that uh, after Midsummer, Ari Aster, Ari Aster, I don't know how to pronounce his first name or his last name even. He wants to make a zonky nightmare comedy. Is what he's saying. <laughs> he says either okay, that, that okay. interesting. either that or a sickly domestic melodrama. <laughs> so um, I don't know what the I hell he's gonna him. do, but at did least I know it'll be film? well shot. His like short film? No, I just linked that um, in the. Did you hear uh, about Discord, the Johnsons or something? I haven't I seen. I think that I yet. have seen it. Okay. Yeah, it could be something like that it's where it's like a drama or oh okay, it's it's like a drama or a melodrama, but it's really disturbing. Like like that film. <laughs> that film has some really disturbing themes in it. I, I recommend that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll uh, but even check if he just out. made a horror film again, as long as it's not about cults and you know, let's just do something a little different. Hmm. Yeah, I want bit. to see him make something where I don't feel like it's just a reimagining of another movie. Because don't get me wrong, I love how it's presented differently, but at the same time, I watch Midsummer, and all I'm thinking about is. What's that movie? Fuck! I just The Wicker Man. I I just Wicker lost Man, the title. Yeah. I and I watch the Wicker Man I watch too. Hereditary, and I'm like, this is great, but it's kind of like a worse version of Rosemary's Baby and a better lo- version of Don't Look Now, at the same time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> to me anyway. Yeah, again, I just think about it different. I just see I see those influences in it, but I also see it as its own work, yeah. and I I love that it made something new. Oh, they're totally their own thing. Oh yeah, I I'm not saying you're like, oh, it's ripping off, but that I couldn't even point out what it's inspired from. You know, I want to see mm-hmm. like you can be inspired by many different movies yeah. to make something, but yeah. as soon as it's like really obvious just by watching it and not necessarily like an interview, like it's it, you know, there there can be like I guess ideas or themes or like tiny bits of it that you could say could be related to something else, and you could see how it's inspired by that. But like for both of the feature films he's made, it's been like painfully obvious like what he's going for in terms of like i saw a movie and i kind of wanted to do that but i'll do it differently 
sort of thing. <laughs> you know, I want to see yeah. something where I don't feel that. Yeah, I get that. Also, The Wicker Man. There's so many movies that are similar to Wicker Man. It's become like a whole genre of films. There's like yeah. the Get Out is very similar to yeah, Wicker I, Man no, too. Nothing has been as similar to Wicker Man as this movie in terms of movies that <laughs> have been this inspired movie. by. Wicker this is Man. the most similar. There's been tons it's of things like inspired ending, by Wicker it? Man, Rosemary's Baby. It's better than the Wicker now, Man remake. But nothing so far has been as close to the original as what Ari Aster makes. Is what I'm mm-hmm. saying. I would agree with you, but the thing that makes it that okay to me is the clear, like in, inspired presentation. Mm-hmm. Like that, it really elevates the the material, the way it's the uniqueness of what the director's doing, just with how they're using the camera and the music, and there's just a lot of like subtlety that especially yeah. stands out to me in the current horror landscape, where it's it's not a film full of jump scares and the typical kind of stuff. I love the I always think about that scare in Hereditary where you just, you think you see something in the background and it's like just moves out the frame a bit. I love that kind of horror and that kind of yeah. stuff makes it just stand out a bit more to me than mm-hmm. just making these recreations of things he loved from when he was a kid or whatever. Have either of you seen Rosemary's Baby, by the way? Yeah, I love Rosemary's Baby. It's amazing. A long time ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, fuck, I love Also, that there's movie. different... Yeah, I love that movie. It's it's so great. We should recommend it one day, maybe. Yeah, totally. But there's a different intent for this film, too. From what I remember about Wicker Man, I saw it a while ago, years, but it it wasn't about um, grief and relationships and, like, the end of relationships yeah, in this way. Different yeah, different goals. Yes. But on, oh, yeah. like, in terms of, like, I guess a surface level interpretation <laughs> you know in terms yeah, of like in terms of like the basic plot is yeah, very similar the mm-hmm. not necessarily like the structure or the tone or like the metaphors and what the director's trying to communicate thematically but like in terms of you know the point a to point b what the characters go through you know Find yeah. a cult, get burned. I totally get what you're saying. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. But there's a fire. lot of people who use what you're saying as an excuse to say, like, oh, this movie's a totally unoriginal piece of shit. <laughs> or like something like that. I know and that. I th- <laughs> I we, know. we are all saying this film has clear intent and it's so original in its own thing, but it's also inspired by these other films that you should also see because yeah, they're great. I wouldn't say it's like a piece of shit because of it, for sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I, I definitely have mixed feelings on Midsummer appreciate a lot about it i'm hoping to enjoy it more on my second watch and it is something that you know i'm considering for my top of 2019 or whatever for sure but Mm -hmm. definitely wouldn't call it my favorite movie of the year well i love everything about it i even love the opening mural the little drawing of like that lays out the whole story yeah i love that yeah that's nice (laughs) Uh, the score is fantastic all the performances are excellent really well yeah everything we said really well shot uh yeah five out of five for me seven out of ten for me yeah closer to an eight than a six so far it's one of the more interesting oh ralph seven. no that was me <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was a good guess so far it's one of the more interesting films of the year for me uh, i'll have to see how it flows on the repeat viewing otherwise i might have to bump my score down a little bit don't think it was quite as tight as hereditary or as frightening but that i think the setting you know just makes up for that um yeah uh four stars out of five from me epic epic film all right well i'm gonna turn on my light <laughs> hold on yeah <laughs> thank you <laughs> you don't look like a gremlin over there <laughs> all right i'm back isn't that better you can see yeah i guess <laughs>
not as much eye strain <laughs> when the only light is coming from your computer and you're looking. It wasn't like pitch it. black. It just wasn't. wasn't yeah. yeah. But that's what I'm imagining in my head is you in a hacker yes. room. Yes. Fuck it on the keyboard. Punched <laughs> over. Permanent back problems. Like, all right. Yeah, Mr. Robot. <laughs> uh, speaking of other movies, <laughs> we watched. Uh, we watched a movie uh, called Southland Tales, and uh, yes, I'm so hyped for this. I realized as I was editing the last episode that I totally fucking stole your intro for Death Proof because that was your recommendation, and I wound up introducing it. Uh, oh, yeah. So I'm gonna let I'm like I'm gonna let you introduce this one. So spoiler alert, oh, really? everybody! What? You're gonna let him introduce. Why do you do this to me? <laughs> hey, this whoa! I'm just trying to be fair. Because I, I stole your death proof one. Okay, That's okay. bullshit, Alex. I'm with you. I'm sorry. Okay. Do you this, not want to? No, this I mean, is fun. If you, this is okay, fun. Okay. Well, spoiler spoiler warning for for this movie, everybody. <laughs> I'm so sorry. When I was watching the movie. I was like, I cannot wait for Adam to explain the plot of this fucking film right here. <laughs> Southland oh. Tales, okay, is Richard Kelly's uh, film after Donnie Darko, which was a huge hit. Everyone liked critical success. Everyone was hyped for the next movie. So all these actors jumped on board for a story and a really out there story, which is kind of what can be best described as Richard Kelly's Star Wars in terms of like world building and epic scope and like science fiction universe going as far as the film taking place over six acts three of which are in the movie <laughs> those being four five and six the first three being graphic novels so the film just kind of starts and it's a bunch of like really out there scenes about <laughs> scientists discover this new energy force by harnessing the power of ocean currents but then the trade-off from that energy build-up is like the discovery of some drug that makes people really high but then depending on what color you have it set to yeah <laughs> but different things it, it takes clear inspiration from like uh brazil or even pulp fiction where you have these converging characters and storylines that all come together mm -hmm. at the end i was gonna say maholland drive inland empire like all those philip Dave k Lynch. dick novels like there's yeah. there's all sorts of inspiration uh, it's trying to satirize every element of culture whether it be like sexuality oppressive governments communism capitalism literally everything every single theme ever ever is in the film <laughs> and it's sort of about the apocalypse i guess world war three and the apocalypse and how these people coming together results in the end of the world and it's a colossal piece of shit, I'm afraid. <laughs> I hated this fucking film. I hated oh this film. I, I couldn't... I, I, I said, I was watching it with someone, I was like, if I didn't have to finish this for Sardonicus, I would have turned it off by now. I, I just, I couldn't handle it. It feels like it would end at, like, <laughs> totally so many different that. points. And I was watching this with my it, roommates. It could have ended at any point. And I felt bad for them, because I was the only one that knew it was, like, two and a half hours long. And so, like, every moment where uh... it's, like, it seems like it would just, like, finish up, I'm like, no, I know it's still going, but they don't. <laughs> Who compared Where this to uh, Under the Silver Lake? Was it Mark, Mark Kermode? Kermode? And apparently yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. Apparently not just him. I not didn't get that but I see, I see, at all. No, I see the similarities in that they're both like a deconstructionist view of L.A., which is also like, that's why I mentioned yeah. like David Lynch movies. There's like some Doctor Strange love in there too with like the the government angle. Yeah. They're also both like ambitious 
second features after a first success, right? So in yeah, that sense, that yeah, sure, you could draw that parallel. But I think but it's the execution. like... execution. Is it because both are hard to, hard to follow? It's just, I mean, I wouldn't even call <laughs> Under the Silver Lake <laughs> hard to follow. Like, and, and I'm, no, like, I wouldn't yeah. either. You, you could I would s- say tonally it's very clear what it is. Yeah. It's like a noirish, dark comedy. Yeah, and, uh, and like, I, I wouldn't... And this is like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like a <laughs> science fiction... Like they introduced time travel like halfway through the movie, right? Did yeah. they mention it earlier? <laughs> yeah. Well, no. If, if you it's read like the prequel read novels, the which I hope you guys novels. did, then you'd know. I didn't. Yeah. Did you? I read, well, I read one of them. Oh, I don't God. like that. I read the first one yeah. this morning in bed, and I was just like, okay, whatever. They were literally special features on the Blu-ray. You could like just chapter select through these pages, really? and I got to the first page of the first one. And I was like, I'm not fucking doing this. <laughs> like. What do you want me to do? I, I finished the first one. I finished the first one. I gave it a chance. How was it? Okay. And I mean, it, it gives you slightly more context, I suppose. But the whole time was just like, why, why did the movie not start this way? It's such a more obvious point to introduce us to this ultra complex world instead of the beginning of the film is such a mess. It's just this huge it exposition like dump shit. with this like corny. Yeah. yeah, it looks terrible. Oh, the, the, news the art direction is so awful. bad. Yeah. Apparently yeah. that was added in, like, so they pre- they premiered this film at Cannes. <laughs> Which and is got so booed. funny. So they, they, yeah, and they re-edited it. And apparently that beginning segment was yeah. a lot of re-edits and exposition dumps because they had to cut stuff out and make things more exist. clear. Yeah. It, it really shows because like, it feels very cheap. In it. it looks bizarre. This, yeah. This film does not start strong at all. Which is one of the probably the biggest things about it is that the beginning is fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. But I want to just say... Right off the bat, I think I like this movie more than you guys do. Oh. Slightly. But I still slightly. don't think it's good. Okay. I, I do like it more than you. And I, I want to give it another chance maybe in the future. Because really? I think this is the kind of film they really want you to see it more than once. <laughs> because it's think, hard. I, and it's fun I don't think follow. the film's oh like God. nasty or, uh-huh. you know, it's not hateful or cynical. But it's just it's just a failure. It's just bloated. <laughs> it's, full of, yeah. it's full of so many random concepts and ideas that... It's one of those films that to get something out of, you have to read it instead of watch it. Like you're not even watching mm-hmm. the movie at the point where you begin understanding it. Because when yeah. you actually do watch the movie, you have these terrible performances with this bizarre dialogue and this terribly like constructed sequence of like scenes <laughs> that when they all come yeah. together, it's like, okay, I, I understand exactly what you're doing here. You're trying to dismantle all of this like American post 9-11 like fear and everything that goes into that and like all the, 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 the gradual buildup of the internet and all of this like anxiety of america like encapsulated yeah. but team america world police is a better deconstruction of america than yeah. like south and tales is because yeah. it's mm-hmm. a consistent film throughout it owns it owns its like premise it, it, it establishes like a new universe it shows characters and has jokes that are funny like the humor is just bizarre in south and tales did you find yeah. any of it genuinely funny no, they no have all these I, I that's, that's one of my there were, there biggest some issues minor with it, things I found is funny. that like it insists it's a comedy but if i didn't constantly hear the director insisting it's a comedy i might not know <laughs> that it's a comedy it's just like you, you can't separate it it's just it just it's it's bad it, it just feels bad <laughs> yeah and part of yeah. that is because of the casting. Like, I know the director did it intentionally to kind of try to shine a light on who he thought were underrated actors, but Which is some so of the bizarre. performances here. I, 
The Rock, like with his weird like ticks and stuff, he was so embarrassing to watch. Oh, God. I, it was like a parody of itself. I couldn't yeah. believe her. And we've been ranting on The Rock, and this was even more proof as to oh, yeah. why he shouldn't be playing characters like this. I am fascinated yeah. by how much The Rock has improved yeah. as an actor for someone who still can't act. I didn't realize <laughs> I didn't realize he could be this much worse. But it turns out, I think it's the same level of acting. He was much, much worse. He's just playing a, like a nervous wreck. Yeah. In this, which is not, he's not good at that. The actors in the movie didn't even seem like they understood the words they were saying. It seemed like it didn't come from Legitimate. a point of like. <laughs> Legitimately. Yeah. This, this story, like, yeah, I understand where the story is going, but they they just have no clue what they're saying. They're talking about this, like, fluid karma and the. The the neo Marxist movement, and it's like it's all this like just flowery language that when you actually deconstruct, it's not complicated. Yeah, it's just convoluted. It's just like it's just told exactly. in a stupid way that's really impossible to understand. And like the, the there was a I watched all the special features by the way, and there was literally like a section in this featurette where it's just like a compilation of all the different actors, like John Lovitz, just being like, "Well, you know, um, I don't understand why my character's in this movie." But I liked it. <laughs> like, or like, John I don't understand what like my goals no were. What he was doing. I don't understand. Yeah. Like every actor showed up on set with the script and was like, um, I don't really know anything about what my character's about Justin or what Timberlake, the movie's about. Justin Timberlake was even interviewed. Yeah. He admitted in an interview that he had no clue what it was about and that it was like dance or something. He said it was like interpretive dance or some, something yeah. like that. Well, there's a nice musical number in the film. Did you guys enjoy that? It was yeah. just Big Lebowski. Yeah, it's not was as just good. Big Lebowski. <laughs> it felt There's so a lot of things this film is trying to do that I've seen better done in other films. It's, Absolutely. There was an attempt. It it was very yeah. ambitious. It reminded me of like one one of those uh bad Andrew Nichol films, like In Time. Where it's just like <laughs> yeah. the, the ambition mm, yeah. is high, but you don't know what the fuck you're doing. And you're just making a really ridiculous story. And and what pisses me off the most about this is like there's this idea that is that is really heavily insisted by the director. Like he's so far up his own ass that like yeah. that like <laughs> you would just appreciate it if if you just watched it a couple times or you would you you would like the movie if you understood it. But you have to understand that like just because your story is so convoluted that nobody understands what's happening doesn't mean that you've written a good story. It doesn't mean it's intelligent. It's bad I watched the movie yeah. and then I immediately watched it with the director's commentary. I'm sorry, you're still full of shit. You explained everything that's <laughs> happening in this commentary, and it's still bad. It's just like, oh, wow, now I kind of understand what some of these characters were trying to do at this moment. You know, I kind of understand this this incredibly bizarre and unnecessary sort of, like, political game conflict that you've written into the film. Like, it's trying to do so many different things at once. And it doesn't succeed at anything that it's doing. It doesn't. It doesn't <laughs> give any real focus or attention to any one of these single ideas that mm -hmm. he's trying to communicate. He's just throwing in as much shit as possible, thinking like, "This is how to make a smart movie." I'm going to talk about literally everything at once. I'm going to make this like every single bit of social commentary <laughs> that is in the film isn't something that you're like, oh, I was confused that this social commentary was in there. Because it's also heavy-handed. It's also on the nose. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. the Patriot Act is porn. You know, like, I don't... Like, I, I understand that you're making commentary on, like, sexuality and, and pornography in our culture. I still understand what you were trying to say about it. I don't understand what perspective you were offering on that, just that you were insisting that you were talking about it. 
Like it, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem he's purposeful in any way. He's trying to make fun way. of these things, but it's it's he goes too far to a point where it's there's a line between funny and just stupid, and he just takes it too far. And there's so many scenes in this movie that are just fucking dumb and obnoxious. Characters are, or actors, I should say, are trying way too hard to be funny, and it just comes across really kind of embarrassing and obnoxious. Because half the cast are from SNL, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of like, like uh, comedy actors in this. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's just playing like terrorists and comedy. cops. It's insisting so yeah. hard that it's a comedy, well, I think but it it's is. not funny. It's kind of, it's kind of like a, well, it's like a superficial, it's making fun of how superficial Hollywood is and the entertainment industry is. Mainly like television and the news and reality TV. And I think that part of it was somewhat in- entertaining, at least for me, because that felt accurate to like how LA really is. It captured the vibe of Los Angeles and how fucking nutball it is kind of well. In, in the tone. Kind of. Uh, well, to... you don't live here. What do you know about Los Angeles? I've been there. <laughs> I hate it. I you, wouldn't you want in... to live there. <laughs> I've been there enough times well, yeah, to know cause... I wouldn't want to live there. Yeah, that's fair. Because I don't... Yeah. But Southland Tales is... I guess he doesn't want to live here either. Because it's basically just <laughs> ripping apart every fucking facet of Los Angeles. I know the Silver Lake did so much better of a job of that. Yeah, yeah. totally did. Well, it was way... Again, it was way more focused and clear what it was going for. And more subtle. Yeah, and had a story. Yeah, and it, it, it's weird to say <laughs> that. Have 25 like, different characters. Under the Silver Lake, many people could criticize it for not being super subtle. Like, it's not it's not really, like, something that's incomprehensible even on your first watch. Well, I guess, like, there's many elements to it that you would not pick up for sure, and you'd definitely need to watch mm-hmm. it multiple times in order to do yeah. that and analyze it. But in terms of what the movie's going for, I found it pretty clear on my first watch. Yeah, and there's enough of a goal there. Like, yeah. he has to find the girl. Like, I know where the story is going. There's a narrative we're, hook. We're... The film, yeah. Southland Tales, has no narrative hook at all. Yeah, no. yeah. Like, there's a reason to want to explore Under the Silver Lake more. But, like, I don't yeah. know... Yeah, precisely. I don't know what the hell this movie is offering in terms of making me want to revisit it. Like, other than the director just insisting I should and reading these three graphic novels, like, to explain your fucking movie because the plot's so convoluted. I don't like how, mm-hmm. like, every every bit of it just feels so fucking pretentious. How they just keep referencing mm-hmm. that Robert Frost poem, like, The Road Not Taken. Like, how many times are yeah. you going to do that? Stop doing it. Just say it once. Like, it's not yeah. it's not subtle in any way. And it's, like, I don't know what you're trying to do. I don't know what you're trying to be. It's like he thinks that by throwing these things in his movie... That he's that that he can say he's made a smart movie. It's like he it's like he has the recipe, I guess, but he doesn't know how to cook it. Does that yeah, make sense? No, it it wears yeah, it wears its inspiration on its sleeve to the point where it barely has its own voice. It's just a clusterfuck of just these random scenes that are like this part's supposed to be satirizing this, this part is supposed to be dismantling this political concept. But it's like where, where's the where's the part like I sh- I should care about? Should I should I be concerned for these characters that the apocalypse is going to happen? Because I don't care like, if the world's no. going to end. Because I don't give a shit about yeah, any good. of these characters or Fucking the story. Because they're all so silly. Yeah, they're all just there to be like ciphers to make fun of Hollywood. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's what they all. But it's were. not funny. Like it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> nail any of it. Anything yeah. that it's going for. This is the way the world ends. So, <laughs> like, what what do you mean? Uh, there's so many attempts here. He was so preoccupied to capture that that idea, that, that response he got from Donnie Darko for like, whoa, we've never seen this before. This is so clever. 
But like <laughs> that film was kind of reined back by producers because he hadn't been proven yet. I'm, uh, this seems like a classic case of, you know, like when George Lucas was ha- completely handed the reins and wasn't reeled back by anyone. It's the same yeah. thing. He was just given free reign, and it's just this clusterfuck of random <laughs> themes and ideas that needed an editor, needed someone to be like, okay, this a lot of this is really interesting concepts, but we need someone to come in here, we need to take this out, we need to put this in, we need to yeah. develop this character here, we need to have a more coherent plot, we've got to get rid of this fucking graphic novel, stupid video game bullshit that they've been... Video games have been called out for doing the last year, where they don't have a story and you have to read shit that's been <laughs> published outside of the work. That's not, that's not okay, I'm afraid. Yeah, this is this is the Dark Souls of movies. <laughs> yeah, but worst of all, it's just plodding and boring to watch. Like the the flow of the movie is excruciating. It's like it a snail's really pace. <laughs> I, I was there, there was a point in the movie where I was like, okay, this feels like I'm at the end, and I, I paused it to look how much time was left, and I had half an hour left, and I was just like, it's never going to end, is it? <laughs> this is it. I'm in. I'm in hell. This is the way the world ends. <laughs> and yet, when the film <laughs> ended, I was like, what? That's the ending? Yeah. Like, the ending was so unsatisfying. Shake hands and float up in the sky and... Yeah. And... Uh, CGI blimp exploding. That looked like total crap. Yeah, a lot Cars of fucking each other. Yeah, that... Uh, that, that, I liked. Se- that was funny. That wasn't even funny to me. <laughs> that was like, okay, I come that was on. Funny. Like, it was out of nowhere. <laughs> It didn't make it's making fun of like so how how all these car commercials are just a dick measuring context. Like, oh look how fucking awesome my car is. It's big and it's yeah, got it's the like, big wheels. It's like think of fun. Funny. I get Wasn't it that. about like the fuel. That's, but that's like a YouTube video. <laughs> listen, in this movie, when it's two and a half hours long, I'm grasping for fucking straws. That part was like at least somewhat amusing. Yeah, like take that out of the movie. How does it really affect anything? <laughs> no, it's another doesn't. comment. It's all that, like, a bunch of disjointed pieces, and none of it's telling yeah. a full story. And that's why the pacing is so bad. For anybody who watched that scene and it awoke something in them, and that's their new fetish, I apologize for recommending this movie. You are in for a life of hell. This is the way your world ends. Yeah. How do you feel that you recommended this movie? Well, I mean, I'm glad I finally watched it. I mean, like, I'm glad that I finally got to it. Because, like, it is very polarizing. And what's fascinating about this is, like, it wasn't just the reception around when it was made. Like, there's people in my subreddit on twitch that were commenting at me because i have rated the film already on imdb and they saw my incredibly low rating for this film Mm -hmm. and they were like Mm. damn why'd you hate this so much it's one of my favorite movies ever it's my favorite comedy there's people like that and i'm like you know not not trying to invalidate their experience but i'm trying to understand it i'm trying to understand the perspective here and I was kind of hoping one of you guys would just love it so that I could hear the perspective of somebody. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping for that as well, yeah. but I just yeah. couldn't. I, I, I didn't, like I it didn't slightly more. That, I get the comedic tone of it. I think it's... I, I get the tone it's trying to go for. It's just not that funny is the problem. It's not funny at but all. I guess that's a matter of taste. No. Well, because again, it's just it's, kind of annoying. it has no point. Yeah. Obnoxious. Yeah. Very But, but that's also annoying because people will fight that and say, no, it does have a point. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, they, just, people they... say it's deep because it's about it has elements of like real world controversial issues in it, but yeah. there's nothing yeah. fleshed out about it. Like, yeah, there's government surveillance in it. There's a guy with a sniper rifle who works for the U.S. government who shoots a fucking person. Yeah, it's like okay, what is that? What does that mean? We're not denying <laughs> that the film is clearly attempting to make commentary on society. Yes. Our issue is with that. its presentation. It's just not doing it well. Exactly. Yeah, because we love films that deal with all of these types of themes. Yeah. We've already mentioned a bunch already in this discussion. 
That's not yeah. the problem. That's all it's the just... movies it's trying to rip off. Yeah. yeah. It's just and it's the not, thing. It's worse than all of them. It has nothing on Brazil. It has nothing on anything exactly. that it's taken inspiration from. Even Donnie it's Darko, which he takes a ton from at the end, is it's not as good as Donnie Darko. There's like the whole uh, fireworks. There's an exploding kind of aircraft. Uh, there's a man who falls from the sky. There's a plane that falls from the sky. There's all these very similar visual story things that are going on. Mm-hmm. It's just like Donnie Darko. It just doesn't work. It's like what you were saying about Ari Aster being, a, or he, how he could be a one-trick pony. How mm-hmm. directors get trapped in yeah. just doing the same thing. That's how I felt with this. It's this yeah. guy just doing the same thing again. I'm going to make an ambitious, avant-garde, like crazy movie. I feel like they're very different. Because but... I'm, I'm so smart. Because I'm such an auteur, and it doesn't really congeal, <laughs> come together well, in a way that's satisfying for me. I wouldn't say that this film is his attempt to do Donnie Darko again. I feel like those are incredibly different movies. But I will, what I will say is that I think this film is the definitive proof that I need to call him a hack. <laughs> that Don, he, got, <laughs> he got fucking lucky. Donnie Darko happened to work out. Jake Gyllenhaal carried a lot of that movie, too, let's be honest. Yep. Yeah, they had a good cast. Donnie Darko was very similar in the sense that, like, it had it used a lot of uh, pre-existing songs for its soundtrack. But in this movie, every single one of them feels so out of place. Every single yeah, soundtrack it's choice, really it's like, what are you trying to communicate here? Like, you have this song here; it could be any other song because there's nothing that really m- melds with with the tone of the scene yeah. that you're communicating when they're like walking into that futuristic kind of like silver room and that I don't even remember what song was playing but literally always just thinking all I was thinking is like it there's no purpose to this song being the song that's playing here it could be any song for like pretty much the whole movie it's just it's it's frustrating and nothing really meshes that's all these great ideas but they they butt each other in the head it doesn't it doesn't mesh that you can't force something like this you can't force a brazil it has to naturally happen based on like the progression of your career he's trying to harness this like okay i need to break new ground again but it's like no just tell a good story show us something we haven't seen before in a way that is actually interesting he hasn't made a, a film since because this was a big failure in the box. Office. No, he made the box. Huge. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. And then after that, he never made anything again. <laughs> he has like two on his IMDb that are listed as in development. I don't know, but yeah, he made the yeah. box, which I think I tried watching when I was younger, bad. and it wasn't. I yeah. just didn't even get through it. So he's a hack. Sorry, I didn't everybody. remember that movie existed until you mentioned exactly. It. <laughs> Yeah. Did you know that it wasn't even supposed to be three graphic novels? It was supposed to be six, and then, and then that couldn't happen, and so he made three yeah, instead. Yeah, because they didn't have enough money. Yeah. How about you take that money you were going to spend on a graphic novel and use it to make the movie? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, why, like, as why soon as... Why do that? How does it flesh it? out a better story in the movie, which is what I'm watching. As soon as you've written something and you've come to the conclusion that you're going to have six graphic novels try to explain the two and a half hour long thing that you've written. You should probably think about rewriting it. You should probably think about maybe yeah. the format that you're telling the story in. Maybe you could do a miniseries or something. If all of that information that was necessary in that graphic novel, you know, if, if all of that would make the film so much better and the only reason people don't like it is because they didn't read all the graphic novels, why not just make a miniseries? Do something else. I don't know. Go call mm-hmm. HBO. See a if trilogy they want of it. movies where you follow each character. Yeah. One where you follow Dwayne Johnson, and then well, there's like three kind of plots in this movie. 
yeah. Deshaun William Scott, and then there's like the Paris Hilton, kind of played by Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah, Buffy. And even she was like, I guess she mimicked Paris Hilton. I don't think she and did a bad job. <laughs> like, there's nothing. I don't think I don't think anyone did like a terrible. I think Dwayne job. did a terrible. Like, job. Like everyone just seemed yeah, confused. I thought the rock was embarrassing. <laughs> Dwayne, I think was he was trying. Terrible. It was just very confused. He was saying, and it, he went along well. with like the over the top goofy tone of the movie. Uh, I thought. I don't I'm know. Not saying it was good. I just think he fit. <laughs> he didn't stand out to me. <laughs> it's it's a it's a very strange day when Sean William Scott is not the worst actor in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> he might be the best one. Yeah, honestly. yeah I thought he was the He's best. One. He was better than better John Lovitz. Yeah. Yeah. John Lovitz just showed up and then shot two people and fucking left. <laughs> His like, character. Just, my jaw was agape when he was on screen. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Like, what, what was he channeling for that performance? <laughs> Nobody knows what they were doing. The director's it's the so only one that well. thinks that he understands the story, right? Well, he said he's proud of it. I think he stands by this it. This is like he his, said the most proud by everyone. he's mm-hmm. ever been about a film. So. Yeah. Well, good for him. I'm happy he likes it. I don't it know. It's his movie. It's it, like I, I literally watched through your director's commentary, and I still don't think it's a good movie. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll give it another chance, pal. But clearly, it speaks to some people. Like oh, if you look does. on Letterboxd yeah. or IMDb, the breakdown is nearly exactly even. The same amount of people give it a ten and a one, and then the rest <laughs> are in the middle. It's it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it really strikes polarizing. a response from people. Yeah. Uh huh. And I think that's a good quality about it. Yeah, that's why I'll never like condemn it in the same way I would, you know, the usual garbage we talk about. It's yeah, I think it comes from a good place. It comes yeah, from a exactly. place of ambition. It's not lazy. I just think it's a failure, sure. like you said, and yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate what he was going for. It just didn't really come together well. It did not. <laughs> yeah, I never want to see it again. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. He got it made, I suppose. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, all right, well, good luck getting something made again. I'm a pimp. Because this is so... And pimps don't commit suicide. <laughs> yeah, oh, that line. Yeah, what the fuck was that line? It was the and end the of the end movie. Of the movie <laughs> it was the last uh, line of the film. That was it. Pimps it was a don't few, commit suicide. It was in suicide. the movie a few times. I know. Like, there's so many ideas that are just, like, thrust in near the end of the movie. Like, it doesn't feel like it has a, a cohesive journey from one place to another. It almost feels like... Like, it's well over halfway into the movie where they start talking about, like, the whole dimensions and like you know like oh Mm -hmm. if they shake hands it'll cause the rift in the fourth dimension how do i know that because i wrote a screenplay and it's prophetic and it like i'm be able to tell the future through my screenplay and i'm just convinced of that everybody just completely unironically agrees with this idea of like oh yeah if you send a monkey through that won't work because the monkey will die. It's not strong enough, but its soul will survive. You need to do it with a human being. You're just making shit up. How do you, like, what is that based on? What justifies that logic? It pisses me off. They just insist things yeah. and expect you to go yeah. along with it. Yeah, because it's so out there. Yeah. The whole script being in the movie thing was so stupid and played out. Yeah, yeah the meta thing. Is that all adaptation? Yeah, fourth wall break. You were complaining. You 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 talk about that all, all the time, Alex. Yeah, all these fourth wall biggest... breaks. How it's so lazy. Yeah, and this film does it a lot. Because when you just say that you're bad and admit to being bad, then no one can say anything. No one can critique you. So it's like, yeah. no, no, we made it this way on purpose. That's what he keeps saying. No, it's misunderstood because I made it bad on purpose. It's supposed to be <laughs> like this. You're just not. You just don't get it, dude. I wrote this with the greatest intentions, and you're all too dumb to understand it. Get on my level. <laughs> Drives me nuts, man. Yeah. The budget, 
was almost eighteen million dollars, and it made Isn't that and crazy? it made like like half a million. Yeah, not even. It made like three hundred seventy-five thousand. Yeah. Three hundred. That's it. There's like yeah. the gigantic flop, possibly the biggest flop of Dwayne the Rock Johnson's career. Probably yeah. a bigger flop than Baywatch. Yeah, if it was released now, it might be more. Right. I was going to say, well, maybe that's why he's so paranoid about the roles he picks now, being portrayed as mm. a good guy, because of films like this, <laughs> yeah, where he's he let the director do whatever he wants, reason. and he's like, wow, he made me look like a fucking buffoon. <laughs> I, like, embarrassed myself for two and a half hours. That's probably what he was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this was, like, well, this was in his early days, where, like, he wasn't... Yeah, he was still I mean, he's never been in a good movie, really, but... Um, <laughs> where he wasn't in like <laughs> massively successful movies every single time. Like, he was in like B movies, yeah. like Doom. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, video game adaptation yeah. movies. And, <laughs> uh, what's that one where that's like the pacifier he's in? The Tooth Fairy? Yeah. Like shit like uh, that. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah same poster. <laughs> uh huh. I feel like that movie's been made. There's one with Jackie Chan, too. Oh. It's like kids. He's got to raise kids. Oh. And he's a spy. They all dumb one at some point. Yeah, <laughs> they're all the they same. Have all movie. Had Schwarzenegger, all of them. They all got that kids movie. Yeah, there's there's just so much that feels like it's forced into the movie and doesn't come organically. Like they literally just like mm-hmm. immediately break away from whatever plot they were doing. And he's like, I need to go get some money from the ATM machine. And then it's like, why the hell is this? Why is he doing this? And then you realize, oh. It's so that they they can rip rip a scene right out of the trailer park boys and steal it with their vehicle with it attached to a a chain on the back of it and then that will cause the ice cream truck to crash into it and fall over and it's like that's just yeah. it's just literally just set up so that can happen and that's it it's like nothing feels organic it's also forced that's one of my biggest issues mm-hmm. everything feels forced these these out there movies that don't follow a typical formula like with the usual acts and a experimental in some way they need to prove themselves they need to prove that the reason that they are breaking the formula is because they have a fresh new take on it mm-hmm. they have something new to show us but the film genuinely doesn't feel like it, like it even had a clear intent at any point so it's just this like rambling mess that just goes on and on and on and you're just you're just you're hoping for like some setups and payoffs, but it's just it all just comes out of nowhere. All the exposition is clumsy and not properly explained. Like you just have no clue what's going on. And when you do figure it out, it's like okay, well, I guess the commentary's there, but it's <laughs> to not get worth to that it. point is such a fucking stretch. No, yeah, and you have to read so much into it. It's like God, this is just this is exhausting yeah. to sit through. Yeah, you don't enjoy. You shouldn't any have to read anything to enjoy a film. That, exactly, Ralph. That's, yeah. that's exactly what was pissing me off. Like, you need an instruction manual. If it was presented manual. in a creative way. That all yeah. comes after, yeah. If you like the world of the film, you make graphic novels and all that shit after. Yeah. But yeah, I was thinking about Eraserhead, and that film is out there and weird and, and doesn't follow a normal structure. But the, mm-hmm. the presentation and like the tone of it all is so consistent, and it's clearly a cohesive vision that, that even right. if you don't like, it's like this is clearly... This came from a genuine place that, like, was thought through, and even if it is confusing, there is something there. You can tell yeah. that this is, like, a voice. But here, this is a voice that's just, like, shouting nonsense. Yeah, Lynch wasn't trying to make, like, a groundbreaking masterpiece. He yeah. was making a film. It's just expressing just himself, himself, telling a story. Yeah. He yeah. wasn't trying to make graphic novels and build a world that he could make movies. He just wanted to make a movie. Eraserhead. And it worked. In fact, none of David Lynch's films are nearly as pretentious 
as this movie. Well, think about yeah. the stories he tells. They're all very simple. Eraserhead was fucking 30 pages it, long. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's That's all what I tone thinking. and atmosphere. And this is too much. That's why everything feels so forced. Keep because it it's simple, like, when you stupid. have 80 characters, you got to force them into these scenes in yeah. ways that just make no sense. Because we don't have time to make it make yeah. sense. Like, what were you trying to do? Like, write Lord of the Rings? Like, what are you... What are you yeah, like? you tried to fit Lord of the Rings into one movie. Yeah. But also, if Lord of the Rings was like... <laughs> had 20 more layers of like political commentary (laughs) and wasn't just about like fear of war and you know just basic themes like that (laughs) with like yeah but being built around characters with a simple the government's oppressive man the patriot act the the police man yeah Yeah. george w patriot act (laughs) yeah communism boo (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah all these things have been explored before and better yeah, much. Better. I still give it credit for exploring them and for trying to kind of be edgy and poke fun uh, at the audience. It reminds me of that film that, that came out this year. God, what was it called? It had Jake Gyllenhaal in it about the art. Oh, critics. oh uh, Velvet Buzzsaw. Yeah, because yeah, Velvet Buzzsaw. Yeah, yeah it, w- it was similar in the sense that it was like, look, modern art's dumb, right? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, everyone knows this. Like, it's not like a poignant <laughs> comment on society. Yeah. Like, everyone knows this. It's the joke every single person on the planet already makes. It's the same thing here. Mm-hmm. I think Velvet Buzzsaw was better than this. <laughs> And I didn't like yeah, Velvet no, Buzzsaw at all. <laughs> I hate Velvet Buzzsaw. I, yeah, I think I, I dislike Velvet Buzzsaw more than this. Okay. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, because this is just so fucking crazy that I kind of was just in awe of it. Mm-hmm. Towards the end, I'd, I'd agree a bit more. Like, uh, at that point, I was like, I might as well try and find something to enjoy. And mm-hmm. it does get crazier towards the end. But, God, the the build-up is so slow and just excruciating to sit through. Here's a question. <laughs> Uh, what do you think this movie could have done to make it in- an enjoyable experience? Because I was thinking, like, if I sat through the same convoluted nonsense, but it was actually really funny to me, then I might not hate it so much. If it was just actually funny, then I'd be like, oh, this is a mm-hmm. joke, right? And I, I get that it's insisting it's humor, but I didn't find any of it funny. <laughs> Put the plot in the movie, sure. number one. I think that's the biggest thing. <laughs> I would say pick a plot or pick a theme you forgot out of all plot. these different things. Ha- pick yeah, one. have elements of all the themes, <laughs> Richard but Kelly, pick a central one that you want to yeah, focus on. a central character that we follow for most of it. The plot fell out of his pocket on the way to the set. An interesting <laughs> character played by an actor who is actually good as well would help. <laughs> Yeah, don't do the whole, oh, I'm going to cast against type. Just get a good actor I, to play the part. You can do that with, like, a couple <laughs> actors, maybe. A but not every lead. Why yeah. would you do that? He sought yeah. out actors that he felt had been pigeonholed and wanted to showcase their, quote, undiscovered talents. So he got fucking Stifler, the Scorpion King, and the Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to, to showcase their undiscovered talents. <laughs> Like, I don't blame any what? of them for the acting because they're all of the acting was the bad, and acting. I blame the director for that. Yeah, you <laughs> you can't blame even the really blame them. Like... <laughs> I blame the dialogue and the fucking directing because everyone is bad. Even John Lovitz, who we've seen before on Sarnani Cast in Happiness, mm, and yeah. he was excellent. Oh, in that yeah, he was great. He's an excellent but actor. He, here's the thing, though: it's like here this, he's fucking terrible. If you're going to claim <laughs> that actors have been pigeonholed and you want to showcase their real talents, you would have to have something to justify you feeling that way. You would have to have an idea that the rock could perform an actual character before you just decide like 
you know, I'm a great director. I can I can write this character that he's never played before, and he'll do a great job. Like you have to have some sort of evidence that that's going to work out. Otherwise, it's possible that mm-hmm. he's just a shitty actor, and the reason why he's typecast into playing <laughs> one character is because he sucks even worse at every other character. You know, yeah. like the, you have to understand yeah. that there's actors out there, especially wrestlers turned actors. <laughs> that are not just these you know masters at their craft and the only reason why you see them play one character is because they're typecast no some people are just bad richard kelly it's just and you're bad, not going to be this quentin casting. tarantino savior of like <laughs> saving yeah. someone's career you know you're not going to make a career out of uh, uh for somebody by by creating this, steven this movie. Sodenberg. yeah something like that steven Soderbergh making like non-actors into like a porn star into an actor or something He's not that good at it. These are all experienced veteran directors. It's cockiness. That's what it comes across as. Mm-hmm. When he genuinely thought that The Rock would be a good choice for a neurotic, like, uh, anxiety-filled character, you've just gone wrong already. Just casting against type doesn't just equal good performance. You're mm-hmm. right. Yeah. <laughs> he, his nervous tick was very unconvincing, the whole thing he did with his hands. It, was it felt like the director just told him to do it. Like, oh, you need a nervous tick so your performance came out of nowhere. It didn't feel like it was coming from that. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't established right. it like until like halfway through the movie. Well, because that's when he starts getting nervous. I want to <laughs> point out Kelly would say because you mentioned Steven Soderbergh when he, when he takes non-actors and gets them to act, he's not creating this like extremely out there <laughs> alternate character that they've never played before. When you get actors who are not actors and you get them to play a character. The way to do that is to write the character in a way that you could reasonably see them act out in real life. Like, right. I forget who said yeah, this, right but to like, strengths. but yeah, yeah, I forget who said this, but there's a quote from some director. I guess I'm paraphrasing, saying that like anyone can act. You just have to give them the right character. And I, f- I find mm-hmm. that completely true. If you know that someone yeah. is naturally a certain way, then write their character to be that way. Don't get them to do anything that's like outside of what they would normally do, outside of their comfort yeah. zone, talk in a way that they normally wouldn't talk. Like that's yeah. that's what you did with The Rock. I'm sorry, he's not a good actor. He did that with Gina Carano in uh Haywire, which is a great Steven Soderbergh movie. Mm. And she's a wrestler or an MMA girl. I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what sport. It's some kind of physical thing. Point is she's good at fighting and he makes a good performance out yeah. of her because she's like a super badass spy. She's not yeah. playing a neurotic <laughs> like the rock is in this. You could make this argument with uh, Zoe Bell's character in Death Proof. You know, she plays it well, yeah, but he wrote her to be yeah. her. He wrote Zoe Bell yeah. to play Zoe Bell. I think yeah. it's Spielberg who, who said, you find the commonalities okay. in the character and the actor, and you just meld them together. Even if it's not everything, you find the few parts that do. And I don't think anything about this character meshed with Dwayne Johnson. Not at all. <laughs> Except the fact Couldn't that he, had, like, a, that he was a bodybuilder. For one maybe. Second. Yeah. It's the same as in um, the Plinkett Reviews. Remember, he brings up how... Samuel L. Jackson is so yeah. miscast as like a wise mm. Jedi character when yeah. you see how Tarantino writes him like totally to that actor's strengths yeah. and the, Same the difference again. in the performances night and day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's just very passionate and intense, emotional. So you got to write a passionate and intense character yeah. for him. Yeah, not Mace Windu. <laughs> and there are actors out there that can do anything. There are actors out there where it's like you could write whatever character you want, they'll fucking do it. So yeah. Not, not to suggest like that you have to do that with everybody. Though, exactly. Those are a select few, and those people get paid lots of money. Mm-hmm. Like Daniel Day-Lewis could probably do it. Oh, of course. <laughs> the Rock ain't mm. Daniel Day-Lewis. Yep. 
Tilda Swinton, well, could probably do Joaquin it. Phoenix, mm-hmm. Tilda Swinton. Tons of great actors. Basically, anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> Most people that are not The Rock <laughs> could play that character better than him. Yeah. All right. I guess. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you guys have anything else to say about this movie. I feel like we've talked. No, we've I don't think so. Explained everything we need to say about it. Very ambitious, in the same way that uh, really bad uh, Andrew Nichol film is very ambitious, but uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's all you can respect it for. Doesn't work together. It's, it's a narrative mess. It's a disaster. Acting sucks. It's not funny. All of the all of the <laughs> metaphors and, and commentary that it, he's making on society is really heavy-handed and too on the nose. The constant referencing of, of all these short stories and poems that he's like, oh, I was inspired by this. Just stop fucking talking about it. Reference it once. Don't <laughs> don't say it thirty fucking times. Anyway, this yeah, movie made me upset. New. It was yeah. just it was just very. Uh, it was a incredibly frustrating watch. Way too long. Way too stupid. Two out of ten. What about you guys? One irritating film. <laughs> irritating, unlikable movie to try and sit through. Up its own uh, bum. <laughs> you you nailed it with that. Like every single element of the movie, not one of it really comes together. I can see I can see how you might be able to pick apart different bits here and there and be like, Yeah, this is really working for me. I'm like unraveling this mystery or whatever and these these books are awesome. No, not for me, I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to see this movie again. I I, I cannot stand You're it. Good. And I know this will piss people off, but half star. Like, I, I can't stand the awesome. movie. Awesome. Oh. <laughs> well, I, I don't think you guys get it. <laughs> <laughs> you neo Marxist, get out of my face. <laughs> get out of my board, normies. <laughs> I like this slightly more than you guys. Slightly. It's a unique and ambitious film. I'll give it that. Yeah, certainly there, there unique. There were like mild things I found. There were some things I found amusing. I enjoyed that like Venice Beach was the hub for like a neo-Marxist revolution. Okay. Some things like that. Little moments. But overall, yeah, it's disjointed, messy. It's trying way too hard to be the best film ever when it should just yeah. tell a story well. And yeah, I, I didn't really enjoy it. I would like to see it again, though, at some point in my life. Because maybe if I gave it another chance... And read the graphic novels along with it. Mm-hmm. I'd get more out of it. <laughs> Have fun. But, yeah, again, it's That's like so it's, it's such a me. high barrier of entry yeah. already. You're just like, go fuck yourself. Do your homework. With your movie. <laughs> I'll just go watch another movie that's 90 minutes yeah, long. Yeah, I'll just good. go watch Brazil. I'll just there go watch go. Drive. <laughs> like yeah. anything over this. Um, so yeah, two out of five for me. Nice. I guess I wanted uh, uh, one thing I forgot to mention is like part of what I feel makes this as an unfair comparison to Under the Silver Lake, and something that I feel would really help the movie for me in terms of me not saying it's a piece of shit would be if it was just like really well shot or something you know yeah if no. if like yeah. the framing and cinematography wasn't just like entry level then i could be like okay there's this guy with talent here and he mm-hmm. just he's misdirected but in it, it just this movie it's just all i can think is like well he's a hack he got lucky once. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Like there was You're nothing right. about the it. The technical aspects no were very, they were very inconsistent. There was no there was evidence some of that talent here. Pretty good. There was like some set design stuff that was pretty cool, I thought. And like some long takes. Oh, I didn't think but any of this. None set of it was, was very inspired. And watching the special no. features and hear, hear them gush over how, how amazing they thought everything was. They, they had this whole featurette <laughs> on the set design. And I was like, oh my God. It was so unbearable. To sit through. Yeah, I thought the sets Holy were okay. Shit. I enjoyed the sets. Oh, I didn't think they were great. 
<laughs> yeah, you really hate this movie. Hey, that's fine. Yeah. All right. Um, I enjoyed that part. Question time? Yeah, let's do it. Let's just stop talking about that movie. <laughs> right, let's do some questions then. Um, if you want to leave your own questions for us to answer on this segment on the next episode, head over to the Sardonicast Reddit, where Ralph will leave a thread. You can ask any question you like. Who's going to start us off today? Oh, here's a relevant one from Omaja, who asks, What do you think of the practice of singers slash musicians becoming actors, and vice versa? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good old JT. Yeah, Justin Timberlake in Southland Tales, of course, which is incredible. <laughs> Usually it's totally dependent on the director when it comes mm-hmm. to like a musical performance. That's, Justin that's Timberlake example, is amazing actually. in Social Network. Yeah. Exa- exactly. And yeah. then he's terrible in In Time or uh, the film we just saw. Oh, God. Shrek 3. That, that scene in In Time where he's crying. Oh, that's <laughs> one of the best things. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah, it's very bad. There's an attempt there. Not convincing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, you gotta cast him <laughs> in the right role. He he fit the role of uh, the guy who invented Webster very well, or Napster, whatever the fuck it was. I guess on this subject, Jared Leto had a band before he started doing oh, acting, yeah. and he decided to mm-hmm. do acting to help fund his musical projects. So, I mean, like Jared Leto has wow. certainly been not great in some movies like uh, his interpretation of the joker although ambitious <laughs> was did not work very well at all equal failure a lot like southland hills <laughs> yeah. i think jared leto's a much better actor than probably most musicians turned actors he just needs a little mm-hmm. bit of help I'd he agree. needs he needs somebody who's able to help guide him into what would be a good idea for him to do but he's not yeah. necessarily yeah. so bad that he can only be really great if there's some like master director working with him. But mm-hmm. he's done some pretty. I great think he's things, worked think. on bad projects and bad directors, yeah. and that's kind of he's what Oscar nominated, him down. isn't he? Like that whole yeah, yeah. He's a good actor. It's just you know, Suicide Squad's a fucking mess, <laughs> and David Ayer's a terrible director. So yeah. yeah, he probably didn't know what he was doing really. Yeah, he wasn't given that guidance. So I understand that. Yeah. Uh, who else? Lady Gaga was pretty good in the yeah. Born to be a Star, whatever the fuck the yeah. star is born. She played a <laughs> <Yeah>. musician. <laughs> right. Forget. But she was good as a musician. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't cast her as yeah, she was really good. Uh, a neurotic weightlifter who lives in Venice Beach. See, that's but, that's the know. thing, though, is like, it depends on it depends on what your intentions are, because there are musicians that would like to be actors and they've always thought about it like lady gaga apparently was like yeah i've always wanted to do acting but i just turned out to do music instead sort of thing like there are people that are talented in different fields but there's a lot of the times where you get uh someone who becomes really successful in one field and that makes them be really really cocky and think they can do anything mm-hmm. so you get like a musician turned yo yup beyonce fucking sucks uh as mm-hmm. an actor lion king yeah there's tons of YouTubers that are like, I'm going to make a song now. <laughs> like, exactly, yeah. where, where it's like, you, you were never a musician. You're just using your fame and popularity to make it easier for you so you can get other producers and like a bunch of auto-tune and someone will write too. it for you. And, you know, like it, it's, you know, there, there has to be some sort of passion there to begin with if you're going to do something that's meaningful. It can't mm-hmm. just be like, Russell Crowe. I'm famous so I can do whatever I want. What about like uh, David Bowie? He had a He's, fair He's in Twin of film Peaks presence. a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like it really depends. I'm trying to think Wait, of like <laughs> the best, most legitimate actor that also does music. 
Jack Black. <laughs> well, Russell Crowe has a band, <laughs> and, but he's not a good musician. Like, he's terrible in Les Mis. I always make fun of him for that, but he's not a good singer. Five yeah. years. <laughs> Finn Wolfhard he's does He's good for, like, a rock band, you know. That's an example. Mm-hmm. Finn, Wolfhard Finn Wolfhard has a band. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, clear, oh, yeah, it's yeah. clearly not just a I'm famous so I can do music now thing. Like, he's had a band. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of actors have bands just for fun. Like, they do it with their friends and clubs. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Drake's going to be... No, wait. Sorry, not Drake. Never mind. How about Will Smith? <laughs> no, Drake was in Ice Age 2, Adam. So oh, he was. He's tried it. Yeah, I got confused <laughs> yeah. with him and uh, Jason Derulo, who's going to be in the new Cats movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and Taylor Swift. She's going to be oh, in there, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> Does oh yeah, you're right. Them? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Marky. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> I guess to answer the question, I, w- I don't think there's any limitation on just because you're one thing doesn't mean you can't do the other. I just think it has to come from a genuine place. Otherwise, it's mm-hmm. just going to seem really fake and it's gonna, everybody's going to be able to tell. Yeah. Of course, yeah, yeah. I would say if you're a musician, you have like a good shot of being an actor. Because it requires some of the same skills, stage kind presence of, and like yeah. a confidence and, you know, some amount of acting. You're acting when you're singing. Mm. You're conveying Destroying an emotion. Destroying your ego. Mm-hmm. Well, I wouldn't, I, mm, I would disagree with you on that last statement. You're acting when you're singing. Yeah. I, I would well, disagree you're, with you you're, there. You're, depending on what kind of music you're making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not acting. Like, that's a better way of phrasing it. If it's yeah. coming from like you're an right. honest place, it's not like you're An emotion is coming out of you. Yeah. <laughs> You're, yeah. you're like destroying you your ego you. and letting yourself be judged at your insides without fear of, of uh, how mm-hmm. people are going to judge you. And I guess that's a quality that is shared by talented singers and songwriters and talented actors. Yeah. Sometimes I can even find it distracting. Like, he didn't do a bad job at all, but like Harry Styles in Dunkirk was a weird one for me. It's just like, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just like that yeah. Chris Nolan. He's always got to have a weird casting decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's yeah. clearly people that are just like trying to get their foot in the door into like another industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder how like cynical it is if it was sort of like forced in to try and get another demographic. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't be Connections. that kind of thing's done all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Okay. Other internet guy is a fun one. Between Adam and Ralph, who can do a better British accent? Oh fuck. Adam wins. No, do you want me to give uh, you a sentence? Yes, say? please. Yeah. Yeah, please do. Uh, let's think. Also, something really British. I was, yeah, say this. Oreos are my favorite biscuit in the biscuit aisle, mate. Oreos are my favorite biscuit in the biscuit aisle, mate. <laughs> that was more like Australian. Yeah, yeah it kind of was. <laughs> Oreos are my favorite biscuit in the biscuit aisle. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of like bad. Michael Caine-ish. Was that, yeah, that was like Michael yeah. Caine. <laughs> that was better. There's, there's different kinds better. of British accents, right? And so... Like, yeah, mine's uh-huh. quite a weird one. Yeah. I, uh, th- uh, there's... Uh, is there is there somewhere in Britain where people say M instead of um? Because I've I've heard a lot of Europeans say Give me M an example. instead of um. Not not like like as, as in just literally the word um. They'd be like M. Like going um... Yeah. I've met a lot of people from Europe... They will say M instead of, instead of um. I, I don't know <laughs> if that's really that? a British thing very much. Okay. No, I don't think so. All right. <laughs> Maybe they were just weird. <laughs> Give me another sentence. Um, what's like a typical British thing? Oh, here we go. How about this? Uh, 
Brexit makes <laughs> the UK feel like a rainy day all day. Brexit makes the UK. <laughs> you the the words that you've chosen in this sentence aren't like so far off of like a in pronunciation from like. I'm trying a to think American of like a really. Accent. Okay, how about like, let's head down to Cornwall for a typical British summer holiday. Let's head down to Cornwall for <laughs> a typical British <laughs> summer <laughs> holiday. No, I can't. I'm not a good. I'm My not brother a good is actor from Edinburgh. What about that one? Let's sure head down sure to Cornwall. Could... <laughs> uh, what's this to say? The sentence again. My brother's from Edinburgh. My brother's from Edinburgh. Okay. <laughs> Hold that up. wasn't even nice. That up. was just like <laughs> it's like I had a stroke or something. So I, I I don't know if the question called for this or not, but we got to switch this around. Alex, you got to do oh, your dear. best American accent impression. Ralph, say something really American. You got to give me a sentence. Yeah, and Alex, you got to do like that. Like a cowboy. Man, I can't wait to go to the barbecue and eat me some sausages and hamburgers. Say that. That's a very. Do so I have to say sense. it in like a high pitched thing as well? Yeah, like you what, what were you doing putting American on a voice, Ralph? You're already American. Just say it like you would say it. Well, I talk like a fucking Queen's asshole. That's America. <laughs> I mean, I guess technically it's like Italian America. Sure. I was trying to go for like Midwest. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> anyway, say the. You want me to say the sentence again? Yeah, and say can, it again. Yeah. I want to go down to the barbecue to eat me some sausages and hamburgers. Man, I want to go down. <laughs> <laughs> I need like an accent though, because like so oh, many. But that is an accent. English what people are you talking to... about? That is an accent. <laughs> that is an accent. Are you admitting that I'm like the default accent? Yeah. No, that American. You, know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know Benedict Cumberbatch. His like American accent. It pisses me off so much because it's like, where in America are you from, dude? Like, people don't speak <laughs> yeah. like that. It's just so, general America. So you want like a southern yeah. accent? Something like that. Okay. Yeah. Might uh, be easier well, for me. That's what I was trying to do. Uh... <laughs> But like, Maybe you're better at it, Adam. Barbecue makes me think of like Australia, so then I start trying to like channel Australia. And all <laughs> That's uh, very American. He, okay, let, I'll, I'll give you one. Uh, don't. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, I'm gonna go eat a burger <laughs> at the barbecue. <laughs> man. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here, here, here's a southern line for you. Uh, when I found out I was gay, I drug myself behind my truck. Well, when I found out I was gay. <laughs> You're just compensating for the ras raspiness. <laughs> You're compens compensating for the accent, a accent by just adding a raspy voice. Uh, From Alabama. Uh, what else was I say? I'm American. I'm America. American. Okay. Say America. America. Okay, Ralph, that's good. Ralph, give us one that's, more line. That's the only English you need to know. Um... Oh, what's the what's the New Zealand one? I gotta, I gotta go make me some eggs. Okay. Eggs, gotta go make me some eggs. Yeah, say it like an American, Alex. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> I gotta go make me some eggs. Very okay. good. Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll give I you a few pointers here. Here's here's how I would say it if I was like really trying to make a genuine American accent. Duh! I gotta make me some eggs. <laughs> I think you like you're missing a couple you're missing a couple of key elements to to making a true yeah. American accent. Alex. Now that was great. Yeah, mm -hmm. flawless. Damn. I've been that, to America. I know exactly America, how they talk. So. Yeah. <laughs> great question. 
Uh, let's go back to a movie one. This is one I've wanted to hear from you guys, because um, Edgar Wright comes up a lot. Crow's Hug asks, how would you rank the movies from Edgar Wright's Cornetto trilogy from favorite to least favorite? Ooh, interesting. I don't know which which what out of us which ones we kind of like consider the best and whatnot because yeah. it's all clear great. to me. But I think they're all great anyway. <laughs> you can't order them though. You think they're all great, but not. Um, I think I I've, can. I've got an order. I, I think Shaun the Dead might be my favorite one. Me too. Uh, but mm. I, I think most people say hot, hot and then fuzz. Hot Fuzz oh, is my least favorite. Oh, really? But I still love Hot Fuzz. Oh, Hot Fuzz is your yeah. least favorite. I've That's never heard that. I think so. Mm-hmm. It might be because it's so. Like the setting of that film is literally where I live, so it hits home <laughs> hard. Like the accents and yeah. everything—that's just how people sound around here. So, all those like idiosyncrasies of like small town living in England is so perfectly captured in that movie that I think it, yeah. that's why it works extra for me. But my order would be Hot Fuzz as my favorite, then Shaun of the Dead, then World's End. But I like them all a lot. Yeah, mine would be uh, Shaun of the Dead number one, Hot Fuzz number two, and then World's End number three. I feel like. You know, uh, there's a lot to appreciate about all of them, but the reason why The World's End is my least favorite is because although each of those movies has plenty to, like, pick up on in terms of, like, I guess just, like, the the craft and, like, how things, like, fit together, you know, like, World's End, they tell the whole story of the movie right at the beginning sort of thing. There's cool, yeah. you know, it's all shot really interestingly. The like, and payoffs yeah, are crazy. Every, everything about, uh, about that in terms of, like, a technical appreciation level you can find in all of them. However, what I'm missing in the in the world's end is like all of these films are essentially like parody movies. And I feel like although right. although they are parody movies, the elements of the films that they're trying to imitate are actually very successful in Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Like even though they're parody films, they're still great zombie movies and action movies. I didn't really I agree, feel yeah. as though the world's end succeeded as much in terms of of being what it was imitating. In fact, I'm not even really sure I could point out like specific things that it was trying to imitate other than just like general kind of like what alien robot I guess like, like I invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah, kind of, yeah, that kind of thing. I, I felt yeah. like it was a lot less successful at being what it was imitating than those other two films. Like I wasn't scared by anything, you know, it was just like more more of like a comedy movie, like a surface level comedy movie in that sense. But at the same time, yeah. I think that that film's kind of underrated. I think the characters are really strong in that movie. There's yeah, like a really that's... good emotional gut punch towards the end. That's it's in all three of the films, but it's really good in that one. It's really mm-hmm. like subtle and and well done, and really adds to the like, character development. On a, on a story level, I think World's End might be the best one, and I think on a technical level too. Like I really enjoy the fight scenes in that film. Oh, yeah, I really enjoy well the camaraderie between the guys when they're just on the pub crawl. I really related to that and mm-hmm. enjoyed that element of it. And then the in the inverse. second half, it becomes like a crazy science fiction movie. And I enjoyed that stuff, too. But it was really the dynamics between the characters. I, I really got the yeah. most out of um, World's End. And then Shaun of the Dead is just a great parody. And I think like Hot Fuzz is the least like well put together of the three. Like in terms of action and uh, like setups and payoffs, that's just what I think mm-hmm. is the weakest mm. one. But I love all three. There's a really great interview that Simon Pegg gave on uh, Conan during the premiere of uh, World's End, where he talks about the 
12 stages of drunkenness and like what that means to perform it. And it's, it's so mm-hmm. great. So I would definitely recommend that. Just definitely check that out. <laughs> yeah, they were great. And everyone should check them all out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Edgar Wright has not made a bad movie. No. Nope. No, yeah. No, I rewatched Baby Driver recently. I was like, wow, I, this is actually way better than I remember. This is oh, a yeah, great it's movie. Awesome. Very good movie. Yeah. I'm excited Scott for Pilgrim. anything he makes. Yeah. I love Scott Pilgrim more than I think all of these. <laughs> all yeah, these that's films. interesting. The rest of them. It's also like the the most American too, so I think that makes yeah. a difference. Even it? though it's set in Canada, <laughs> I was about to say it's a Can- it's like a it's a Canada well, at movie. the point it came well, out. There's like, a lot of American pop culture in it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like the whole like comic book like video game angle. Mm-hmm. Okay, and just the like the North the America. actors and everything. Americas. <laughs> was just because it it was following the Cornetto trilogy which is so English like to me it was way more you know yeah okay we got an interesting one from Deadpool killer for (laughs) Hooney what's what's your favorite voice performance from an animated film not produced by Disney Uh. (laughs) ah Because Scar was going to be the first uh, Yeah, it's too easy, like, dude. Uh, <laughs> I heard the S that Adam was going to sound out. Uh, let's think. I don't know. Anyone in Wallace Melissa? from Wallace and Gromit? Oh, that's a good one. I love him. I think he's hysterical. I love that voice. Uh, Gary Oldman is really good in the second Kung Fu Panda. Underrated. Oh, yeah. I remember He's him. actually he's very good. A uh, lot of great ones in Rango. I yeah, guess that's I like that recently too. It's not voice acting technically because they recorded the performances and then animated over it. Yeah, but it's great. Everyone, Johnny Depp in that, uh, Rattlesnake Jake, mm-hmm. whoever voiced him, Bill Nye, Bill Nye, he the science guy, he. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Any others? Well, I'm trying to think of like some great <laughs> animated movies. What about that um, I... Mary and Max? Oh yeah, Philip Seymour yeah. Hoffman did a great um, job in that. Very... That would yeah, probably Philip be Seymour my Hoffman like great legit movie. answer. There would be Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's certainly playing a character. Philip Seymour Hoffman is a great actor, and it totally shows in his voice performance in that film. So thank you for mentioning that because otherwise I I would have given an answer that probably wouldn't be that genuine. Like I like okay, I like yeah. Brittany Murphy in Happy Feet, but that's just because I like Brittany Murphy. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. She was just doing her. Can same we throw thing. in TV? Should we mention yeah, television? There's a lot of famous. Like uh, Tom Kenny, he does Spongebob. Hmm. I think he's one yes. of the most oh, iconic. Yeah. Uh, a lot of Simpsons guys I love. Yeah. I think the guy who plays Homer. It's like uh, Ash Ketchum you know, from Pokemon. Those are all iconic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a real answer. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> right, let's do another one then. <laughs> let's just do another one. Malocco Plur underscore S. Adam and Alex, if you were to run into Derek Savage in real life, what would you say slash do if he recognized you or if he didn't recognize you? Question mark. Uh, <laughs> what would you do, Adam? If I saw him before he saw me, I would go somewhere else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, what if it was, say it's this scenario, you're walking down the street and you hear him say your name. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got to choose to either turn around and face him or just run. <laughs> um I'd consider running, man. <laughs> I, w- I, w- I would I would glance and see if he has his sidearm and base base my interaction on whether or not he's packing. Yeah. I mean no, I agree. Yeah, he's just if he's willing to be friendly, then I'm you know, I'll have a nice conversation with him. 
You know, I'm not I'm not like a really confrontational mean person to people. Hmm. You know, I don't think I am anyway. But realistically speaking, he's not a very mature person. So I think he'd no. I don't know if he ever I, I think if he saw me and recognized me and knew who I was, he'd probably find a way to leave before I even noticed him. Yeah. No, so I, was thinking I, I don't think we'd want to interact with each other. Oh well. I don't know what would come out of that. Hopefully never happen. Well, hyp- hypothetically if you did. Let's say like you got locked you got locked in the room that separates North and South Korea together. <laughs> <laughs> You're literally trapped in a room. <laughs> You're literally trapped with him. Which is what would well, you obviously say? I'd try and what would you like... talk about? <laughs> I'd be like uh, we should probably address the elephant in the room, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, then he, he might get angry or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, there's just no way to know how he's gonna react. Yeah, that's what that's what's so scary to me. I wouldn't really have much like, to what's say. What's he to actually him. gonna do? I would just listen to him. Uh-huh. Adam literally thinks he's gonna shoot him if he sees him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that, which is impossible. Honestly, I would put it past him to start shooting at you guys if he saw you. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, funny man. Uh, he's he's a interesting kook. man at the very least. He's, he's a cool a cat character. <laughs> He's a meme machine. Should do another? Yeah, let's do one more. Velve the Hammer 23 can end us for today. What do you think is the biggest waste of great work by an artist on a bad movie? For example, John Williams' score for the Star Wars prequels. Hmm. I have a, ge- I have a general answer. I think it's all the talented CG artists that are just wasted on these like <laughs> yeah. terrible blockbusters. Yeah. Like I, I watched Aladdin the other day, and it was just like ah, all the <laughs> all the talent, all the rendering that went into this fucking thing. So much stuff could have been there. So my comparison is always look at the difference between the Emoji Movie and uh, Spider Verse. The same studio, so presumably it's like a, a similar you know group of people. Like they're all talented, but one <laughs> one is a load of shit, and one isn't. <laughs> I feel like oftentimes, it, like it's not that unheard of for like a, a composer to create a really good score for something that just turns out to be kind of shit. So, like, I'm not a big fan of uh, the Fountain. I'm not a big fan of that movie, but the score's great. Oh, Darren Aronofsky's. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of mm-hmm. the Village, but the score's great. So, mm. like, I feel like that happens a decent amount. Yeah. Also, yeah, in Noah, same thing happened. The score was awesome, but the movie was just like, bleh. What a strange film that was. That had a lot of good elements. It was just the story was stupid. Yeah. It was from the Bible. <laughs> but it, the story was dumb. I liked the visual effects in that movie and the cinematography. Ralph, did you just call the Bible dumb? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Were rock monsters in the Bible? It's a little, it's a little unrealistic. <laughs> They're supposed to be <laughs> angels, though. It was his revisionist... Oh. It was his revisionist vision of the Bible, yeah. even though he's an atheist. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, okay. whatever. He was a great <laughs> choice. I can't think of it. You guys listed some good ones. Like, the score for Oblivion was good, and the movie was okay. Yeah, I'm trying to think of uh, <laughs> movies where <laughs> there's, like, one. one really great performance, but the movie is really shit. Yeah, I bet we could think of a few if we had time. Yeah, I mean, we like, should, like, put this one in the back pocket. There's, uh, there's that week. time where Jared Leto gained like fifty pounds for that. I think Mark David Chapman movie that nobody saw. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> just turned out to be shit. 
Mm-hmm. He, t- he, he became fat for no reason. Yeah, that was a big poster. Yeah. They put him right on the poster. Like, look, it's fat Jared Leto. Go yeah. see this movie. No one yeah, can. I don't even know if his performance was that great, but that seems like kind of a waste of effort. Mm-hmm. That stuff's crazy to me, man. These actors killing themselves for a movie. Like, what Christian Bale does, he's doing permanent damage. Yeah. Is he? Yeah, because, like, he went from The Machinist, where he was, he looked actually anorexic, to, mm-hmm. I think it was Batman Begins, where he was ripped. Ripped. And then American Hustle, he was fat. And that yeah, was right yeah. after Batman. Yeah, it's so bad for your body, man. <laughs> I don't know. You played Dick Cheney. I don't know. Is that bad so. for your? Uh, like, it is certainly bad for yeah. your body to be either <laughs> overweight or underweight. But is it? It's ju- these huge the fluctuations. Damage? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's not good for your body. Well, there's like people who gain like a ton of weight and then lose it, and their body, like, they still have skin that's kind of folded and whatever, because it's from when they were at that yeah. larger mm. state. Like, your body just adjusts to these points but these guys are like okay this year i'm really skinny and then the next year i'm fat and the next year i'm gonna get ripped and then they get ripped for like these superhero movies and they have these ridiculous workout schedules Mm -hmm. fucking like weeks after workout before chickens a day if you have if you have like a really good personal trainer it's not like impossible but Mm -hmm. but But doing it on your own (laughs) just seems ridiculous yeah Yeah. well there we are all right (laughs) (laughs) is there one more question let's do one more and then fine are we done okay okay we can do another one cotton eyed joe 79 you guys all play video games so i'm sure you're aware of remasters of old games happening to bring classics to a new audience i.e crash bandicoot do you think this could happen for cgi movies to stop the movie from being dated or should we just leave them be I wouldn't be opposed oh. as long as you can watch both versions. If if Disney wants to make Toy yeah. Story 1 and the humans don't look terrifying and the dog doesn't look like shit, then have at it. Why not? Just keep the same yeah. audio. You could you could basically have the exact same movie with improved textures and then just reanimate a couple parts of it. Yeah. Some of the early Pixar stuff I would I would not mind seeing sort of redone versions of so they're more timeless because I think like now animated movies It'll be a long time before they look bad, I reckon. Like, some of them are so photorealistic. And, like, I mentioned I watched Rango again the other day, and that film came out quite a long time ago now, but it looks flawless today still. So Mm -hmm. some films genuinely don't need it, but it's more from that early period, like Toy Story 1, Incredibles 1, anything from around there, where it's an emerging technology which could be updated now. As long as they don't ruin the art direction, because a lot of video game remasters do that. Yeah. Like they, they, they miss the point that of the sucks. original art direction, which is a huge issue. Yeah. It would have to be the same people behind it or something. Yeah. Oh. Even CGI shots in movies like Jurassic Park yeah. just to slightly improve the dinosaurs. I don't see anything wrong with that. I, I would rather have a remastering of Lord of the Rings than a remake. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. Amazon's making a Lord of the Rings show. Yeah, and they're spending um, a lot of money. Oh, on yeah. Half a billion dollars from what I heard, which is fucking yeah. crazy. That's actually insane. That's like actually in insane. Avengers, the last two Avengers movies. Yeah. <laughs> they have, yeah, that's a, literally the budget of both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's one show, one 10 episode fucking season of television. <laughs> Probably 10 episodes. Yeah, it's so we weird. Like, has be. this ever been attempted? Because, like, like no. there's been like well, 3D or like 4K so. re releases or whatever. Like, there's been improved restorations, or I guess even, like, Apocalypse Now has a new cut coming out. Like, there's mm. there's yeah. definitely been re- re-releases in that sense. They normally just reboot, though. 
because they can make more money. Yeah, like I don't know. Is it is? I, I think it's a lack of faith in whether or not these projects would be as successful, right? Because if you're saying, "Hey, yeah. this movie has already existed," then less people will see it. I think is the idea. Yeah, but I think yeah, there would be a lot of sure. people that would be interested in seeing the first Toy Story movie, but improved graphics. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a huge audience for films way after they come out. I hate yeah, that like so many people act like a movie exists for a weekend and that's it, <laughs> and you never talking about it again. Yeah, they come out on video and yeah. have whole new lives. They, Donnie Darko, we were talking about earlier. No one fucking saw that when it first came out, and then years later, yeah. it got re-released and it was a huge success. I think that it would be possible depending on how it's marketed. And if Disney was serious mm-hmm. about doing something like that, I think they could pull it off. And I think they could get people interested in seeing it because they know marketing. They for sure know yeah, marketing they 100%. Easily. They could get that to happen, but it's just a matter of like, I don't know. You'd, you'd think that they'd want to do it just because like, if let's say they marketed the hell out of it, and even if the movie wasn't like the most successful box office whatever of all time, like the amount of money that it would cost to just remaster something is significantly less than just creating something from scratch. So you'd think yeah. that there would be a financial incentive in that sense. It's getting the team back together, I guess, to make sure it's true to its original vision. But that would be the hard part. Like directors are busy, writers are always busy. Well, like animators and everything. As long oh, as yeah. whoever is doing it doesn't even have to be from the same the original team. As long as they just don't misinterpret it. As long as it's faithful. Then that's it always be fun. the risk, though, I yeah. guess. Mm-hmm. And as long as the original is available, so we don't yeah, get exactly. the THX situation. Yeah, George right. Lucas situation. Yeah, what we're talking about, that's what he did. He just did it very poorly. Yeah. Yeah, he did it too early. Mm-hmm. Oops. Oh, well, it doesn't own the rights <laughs> anymore, so it's not like it matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it, George. Yeah, he might own THX, actually. Probably. Is, is that, if it was under Lucasfilm, then no, but yeah. who the fuck knows? All right. At this point, Disney owns everything. Soon so. enough. Uh, make a THX reboot. <laughs> I think it's time for a uh, Ralph recommends. Oh yeah. Uh, so we're gonna go to a foreign land oh, called Italy nice. Nice. for a movie Ooh. called Cinema Paradiso. Oh, Cinema Paradiso. <laughs> so, yep. Oh, I've always wanted to it's see. It's a that. great movie. Awesome. And yeah, I saw you guys haven't seen it, and I only saw it recently with my brother's recommendation. Nice. Okay, cool. He saw it in Italian class. <laughs> awesome. And he's like, Ralph, it's a good movie. And nice. yeah, I think you guys will very much enjoy it. Cool, cool. Cool. It somehow mm-hmm. was not on my watch list, even though I've always wanted to see it. Okay. <laughs> well. <laughs> weird. We'll talk about that in two weeks. Uh, well. Be sure to yeah. subscribe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, follow us on Reddit, all that. If you don't want to get spoiled <laughs> for Cinema Parodies, <laughs> watch it before the next episode, which will be published approximately two weeks after this episode is public. If you want to support mm-hmm. the show, $2 a month, sardonicast.com. Sign up for premium. You'll get these episodes early when they're edited. Uh, also, patreon.com slash sardonicast. Same thing. Uh, $2 a month. Also, we have merch. Buy that That's right. Merch. It's nice. Yep. Buy that merch mm. logan paul mm-hmm. wears it every day and jake paul yeah <laughs> their shit is out of fashion fuck that get yourself a sardonic cast hoodie yeah <laughs> jesus <laughs> with our faces on it <laughs> what are you even doing with your life you don't have yeah. a sardonic cast hoodie <laughs> all right <laughs> uh thank you all for watching or listening or both mm-hmm. thank you so much we love you 
Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. See you, everybody. Peace.